Noon Hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is, this is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. The KSL Sports Zone. Hope you're all well. Happy Tuesday, everybody. How you doing? Hey, you know, it's a Tuesday. I'll be honest with you. I'm not doing so hot after watching the Jazz because, well, I will tell you, the good thing is I made some predictions, but it was all based on that unit being kept together by and large, and that unit by and large, isn't even closely kept together. Well, and and we were pretty upfront and honest about that, too. Like, any prediction we made was on the contingency that this team was relatively kept together, and that is certainly not the case. So I'm feeling good that I don't have to bring up what my prediction was after that nice long month-and-a-half streak that they went on and feeling better about that team, the way it was put together, the way it was playing. I feel good that I don't have to talk about that anymore. But I feel bad because this is what we got. This is what we got. And I'm just not enthralled, not excited. It is not the type of team that you want to sit down and watch every other evening. And I don't know if they thought it was going to be this abysmal after the trades and waving knocks and trying to keep some of the guys that they've moved and – moving different guys into the starting lineup. I don't know if they thought it'd be this abysmal, but last night was a really bad indicator of what's to come for the remainder of this NBA season. Well, and I I think that's what you have to kind of dissect a little bit because there's always going to be bad nights in the NBA. Was that just a bad night, or is that a foreshadowing of things to come for the Utah Jazz? Is that who they are now, or is that just – uh, like, oh, you know, it's an off night. They're still trying to figure out their roles. You know, they'll be all right. They'll still be fighting for that 10th spot. Or is it just, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, you know, I got some starts on that. Maybe we just jump right into the starter. All right. Time for your starting lineup. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Hans and Scotty G. And it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Starting lineup brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air, home of the award-winning line of America's Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's right now for their $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at Lee's Heat AC. All right, it was rough. It was abysmal. The Jazz offensively were a mess. Uh, Steph Curry made five threes. Klay Thompson looked like he uh, hopped in the DeLorean and went back about five or six years. He pours in 26. And the final, 129 to 107. Yeah, Steph Curry knocked down five threes in the fourth quarter. Yes. Or in the second half, really. 
But he, his second half was wild. And Golden State looks like they might still have some in the tank now. They've won five in a row. And they're starting to look a little bit better. And last night, it was like, geez, man. Clay Thompson hits an early three. Steph hits a deep three. Draymond hits a three at the end of the half as the buzzer hits. Whatever that was, a 40-plus footer. And I'm thinking, maybe Golden State's not completely done. Wiggins looked okay. Green looked like he'd settled in. And let's not forget that this, pretty much the entire coaching staff, was out to the funeral of Dehan Milojevic. They were out there taking in all the sights and the sounds and grieving with the family, and they left Kenny Atkinson back to coach this team, and they went on a, they went on a run, and they beat up the Jazz soundly. So you ask the question, is this the team that we can expect to see? I think we're going to see small improvements. I don't think we're going to see bad loss after bad loss after bad loss. I do think that this team could still get hot on a night and probably make some waves. And there's a couple things that make me feel that way. I think Walker Kessler is going to continue to improve. I don't know about you, Scotty, but last night was another encouraging night for me, watching his movement and watching him get to his point, get his block shots, his defensive effort. I feel like Walker Kessler is going to continue to improve. So that's going to help. Keontae George, there's nothing to do but improve. Yeah. After last night's performance, it, it can't get much worse than that. Body language. Uh, accuracy, uh, defensive effort, it just can't get much worse. So, Keontae George, it's going to get better. Colin Sexton, you know he hits on every given night. Like, he'll hit a night, and then he'll be off a night. Lowry Markinen is still an all-star, and he'll be fantastic. And when John Collins finds his new fit without Kelly Olenek around and Fontecchio around, then he'll probably be okay in a given night. But this is a team that's going to lose a lot. It's a team that's going to lose a lot to finish out this season because now you're going to lean on Taylor Horton Tucker, who wasn't the worst of the group last night. Taylor Horton Tucker was actually a breath of fresh air through the first half. Not so much the second half. But well, He was plus six when he was on the court. Chris Dunn was plus seven as opposed to uh, Keontae George, who was minus 32 when he was on the court. Yeah, Keontae George, this starting lineup, and you heard you, you heard uh, Coach Hardy say it, it was the starting five that were the oh, biggest yeah. problem. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's, a, you know, okay, and then also Keontae getting put into the starting lineup. So this is why I think if you're a Jazz fan, you better brace yourself because there's a couple signs here. First off, the trade deadline sign where the team – you know, exited a couple of key pieces from the squad. And then you look at the fact they moved Keontae George into the starting lineup because it's essentially saying, look, Keontae George is the future of this team. Chris Dunn is not the future of this team. Now, Chris Dunn has been has done admirable work for this Jazz team. And right now you're a better team with Chris Dunn in the starting lineup than you are Keontae George in the starting lineup. But it's not about this year. It's about long-term. And... Keontae George is going to be a long-term fixture for this team, and you hope he's going to be a future superstar for this team. So hand him the reins and say, all right, Rook, 
Let's go. Let's figure it out. Exactly. And I'm fine with that. And I want to remind people, because I, what did you say? He was minus 32? Yeah. Okay. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Andrew Wiggins can do that to any defender in the NBA in a given night. They can completely humiliate him. And, and let's not forget that when, when they apply themselves defensively, they're actually very pesky. Correct. Golden State can be really feisty defensively. They do a really good job of manning up, scrambling, chasing, tipping balls out. They, they know when to push. They know when not to push. So Golden State can make a lot of young guys look really stupid. And, and Keontae looked terrible last night. Yeah. There's no, no other way to yeah. put it. I was watching them thinking, this, this is really rough. And, and everybody was asking the question, no, 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 roll Chris Dunn in there. Get Chris Dunn in there. When Chris Dunn's in there, it all feels better, more settled. I get that. But to Scotty's point, that's not what it is. No, it's not about this year. And I, uh, and I, 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 should, I should have done some research on this before, but I saw somebody tweet out, and if I'm wrong on this and if I'm quoting a bad tweet, I apologize. But I think it's pretty, it's pretty close to being accurate that every starter at the University of Utah, at BYU, and Utah State, is older than Keontae George. Yeah, I, I have. I <laughs> and if that's not, I would not be surprised. And if that's not true, it's really, really close. Yeah, you know, there's only one or two players that would be younger than he is. That's just what you're dealing with right now. I mean, just you know, that's just the world we're living in right now. He's young, he's inexperienced, yeah. he's wildly talented. But yeah, there's going to be some lumps along the way. You're throwing him into the wolves against Clay Thompson and and um, and Steph Curry and and Andrew Wiggins and. I mean, Draymond Green, you're looking at some old, hardened veterans who have been the best and future Hall of Famers in the NBA, and is it going to be pretty at times? No. Is it necessary for the growth and development? Yes. So, again, I'm not tell- I'm not trying to blow smoke. It wasn't pretty. It was a little ugly. I think there's some probably some angry people in that jazz locker room thinking, man, we, were, we had some stuff cooking here, and now we're doing this. What are we doing right now? I could understand that from a player's perspective. But it's not about 2024. It's about 25, 26, 27, 28. And the hope is that you're going to be better long-term for it for dealing with this now. Now, as a Jazz fan, I'm not telling you, hey, keep going to games and keep supporting the team. Like, I get it. Like, if you're frustrated, I totally understand that too. I'm not telling you how to act with your dollar. I'm not telling you how to just buck up and deal with it. I'm just telling you the reality of the situation, and that's what you're doing as well. Yeah, Keontae George was born in 2003. Walker Kessler was born in 2001. And and just to try to provide perspective, I was looking at the Victor Wimyama numbers, and we're going to talk a little bit about that a little later in the show. I think it might be in Sports Roulette. We might move that up because we've we've shuffled some guests. But uh, Victor Wimyama put up some incredible numbers. He had a triple-double with 10 block shots. And I was looking at some of the guys that had triple-doubles with 10 block shots as rookies. Didn't David Robinson do it? David Robinson had one, and Mark Eaton had one. Mark Eaton was four years older as a as a rookie than Victor Wembanyama. So we got to take we got to put things in perspective. When when a lot of these guys that we try to compare rookies to were hitting and sparking and doing great things, they're typically three years older than the rookies we're currently watching. 
right now Walker Kessler is 22. Walker Kessler is almost in that age group that we used to see rookies come into the NBA. Yes. Yep. So now we're starting to see the body mature, the mind mature, and he's starting to kind of get that feel of what he needs to be. His third year in this league, I've got really high expectations for Walker Kessler. I want to see him continue to develop offensively. And by the way, I'm, I'm done with the off-season three-point shooting videos of Walker Kessler. You, you don't need to put him out there anymore. Just, just give me a sky hook. Work on a couple of moves at the rim. A little back to the basket. Yeah, if, if you want to show me an elbow jumper a la um, Arvedis Sobonis back in the day or Vlade Divac, then, then show me the elbow jumper. I'm fine with that. How about this? Just don't send out any Instagram videos of you working out. Just don't show just, me just, the threes. Just work out. Just work yeah. out. And give me, give me a junior year that makes me feel like that sophomore year was worth it. But Walker Kessler is going to improve. I, I still love him, man. I still love his game. I still love it when he's on the court. It does draw me. It's it's the thing that keeps me turning on my TV outside of the fact it's my job. It's the thing that keeps me turning on the TV is because it's like, okay, I'm going to watch me some Walker Kessler. I'm going to see what this kid can do. His block shots are great. He's got fast hands. You saw one of his block shots. He came from the opposite side of the restricted yep. area on one step and blocked it, and it was close. It was nearly goaltending. It was almost on its way down, but but blocked it. It went over the hands of one or two other Jazz defenders, and he smashed that thing down. It's like, okay, I like his game, and he's tough. I think when he squares out, he's going to be even tougher. But to your question that you asked as we got going here, is this what we can expect? Yeah, Scotty. I think this is exactly what we can expect from this Jazz team. I think this is kind of who they are. We're going to see some blowouts. We're going to see some really tough times. And at the end of this, this is no longer a play-in tournament type team. This is a, this is a team that's going to be looking at the lottery. This is a team that's just, just going to be outside of that top 10 seed in the West. Yep. Now, and Because now we're seeing Golden State climb, and we, we – I kind of felt like, oh man, Clay Thompson's starting to slow down, but Clay looked really good last night. And Clay was talking about kind of reinventing. I don't know if you heard some of his comments post game, reinventing what he's trying to do with his stride and his strike when he wants to hit, what he's got to do to keep it extending his game. And I was like, okay, he's seeing this as like Madonna did in 2000. Like, Madonna had, you know, three or four major albums. She gets to 2000 and she's like, how do I keep going? And she starts rapping (laughs) and wore just a a little fewer clothes, you know, and said, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to extend this thing. The problem is Madonna tried to extend again and she'd gone and melted down her face. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can, you can take it too far. Her face looks like my earlobe. How you holding up, by the way? <laughs> not, not good. I'm in a pretty sad emotional state. I might be losing a piece of my body. The skin's sloughing off of it. How, how bad is the coloration compared to what it was yesterday? It's a little bit darker today. Oh, you don't want to play Frosty the Snowman, Lloyd? Interesting. Nope. It's not good, buddy. I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm a you little, don't want to make a quick joke, Scotty? With the, with how's the, the 
Wait a minute. Whoa. What do you say? Wait, you, you don't deflect on me, Lloyd. You're oh, you made a quick joke. Let's not act like you didn't get no, involved. No, who's who's hands? Who's been? The hey, did I play here? Frosty the Snowman? Yes, I did. Who's been? The did you make a joke this? about it? Who's been the supportive one here? So far, Scotty's been quite, quite a bit more emotional support. But the hard thing is I reflect back to the game that we were at, watching your game that you were calling, and Lloyd just laughing, belly laughing, because my ear was just dripping. It, fluid was coming out of my earlobe, and he was just really laughing hard. And Because well, I've never seen anything like it, and I'm sorry. Can't believe I've it. never seen an ear leak like it did. You, the Rulon Gardner comment hit really hard yesterday. There we go. There it is. That hit really hard. I'm just saying you guys were friends, and you can have a conversation. I'm just saying that there's a reference that you can have in your life where you can talk about this with somebody. Hey, you I got can't. something in common now. You guys got missing appendages. I can't. I can't. I don't have any reference. I mean, I'm here for you emotionally. I just I can have sympathy. I don't have empathy. I'm just saying there's somebody out there that could have empathy for you. Do you think there's groups like support groups? Might yeah, for, like for losing body parts. Meet because every, of frostbite. Meet every Tuesday. I don't know. My name is Hans. I was ice fishing. Below zero weather. Yeah. I've lost an earlobe. You, and you just what you just talk about it. Everybody supports each other. I'm going to look terrible without an earlobe. Oh, it would be fine. I cannot believe I I frostbite on my earlobe. We need to keep positive thoughts on this. We really do. Yeah. Good vibes. Yeah, we do. But, you know, I am watching what what I watched last night. Golden State's a playoff team. Uh, As of right now, they've surpassed the Jazz for the 10 spot. And, so, and I don't think there's any question I, that they'll keep, they'll stay past yeah. the Jazz. Personally, I don't think. Uh, it Okay, so you look ahead of them, the Lakers. Uh, you've got uh, essentially three games separating um, the Jazz, Golden State, and the Lakers. And two of those three teams are going to be, I think Houston's kind of fallen off. So can the Jazz keep pace with Golden State and the Lakers? Ironically, those are the two next teams they're going to play. They'll play the Lakers and they'll play Golden State back-to-back nights before the All-Star break. The the Jazz? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So they've got the Lakers coming up uh, tomorrow, and then they've got Golden State, and then they've got the All-Star break. Uh, If the Jazz go 0-2 in that stretch, which is certainly possible, and frankly – Maybe likely, then the Jazz will probably drop out of that spot. Yeah, drop think, out of the contention there. I think it's likely. I think it's likely at this point. Well, I, and I'm going to hold off. I'm, I, I think you're making a definitive statement uh, that the Jazz are not. I Give me these two games. If the Jazz can split these two games, then I think that they'll hang in there with those two I, for, one, for one of those spots. If they don't, if they go 0-2 and, and they look miserable doing it, then, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll write them off. I guess what I'm saying is – no Fontecchio, no Olenek, no Ogbaji, and it's probably not a playoff team. And, and and that sounds stupid when I say it out loud. So, yeah. so maybe I need to wait because how many wins was Olenek, Fontecchio, and Arbaji worth in comparison to what the Jazz have brought in? 
So well, yeah. I mean, they by themselves maybe not much, but the fact that you brought in lesser players, lesser talent that can help you immediately. Um, I well, mean, that's and, probably what two, three games. And the, the other thing that worries me a little bit is with their exit. We saw the the push on minutes for Taylor Hendricks, and Taylor Hendricks looked miserable. He looked, uh, yeah, he looked miserable. Yeah. And and even afterwards, you heard some pretty strong comments from Will Hardy, like, "Yeah, he's got a long ways to go." He he looked he looked miserable. He took one three at the top of the arc that hit like eight inches to the right side of the iron, and like bricked and banked off. It was like, "Oh no, oh Taylor!" There was like no touch. He's hustling. I think he's probably. Probably extending and pushing a little bit. Probably wanting to show, hey, well, I did it in the G League. I should be able to do it here, and and that's just not the case. When Kaminga rotates out to you, it's it's different than when a G a G Leaguer rotates out. Uh, a little bit, yeah. You know, and and getting over the top or underneath some of these screens and trying to fight through some of the blocks that these guys set. It's just different. It's, it's there's a different level of physicality. And and if you're used to getting your shot off easily, because that's the one thing we thought about Taylor Hendricks, he could shoot it, right? Well, guess what? When you're fighting through a screen and you've got a guy bodied up on you and you are and you finally have a, a brief moment and a brief window and you feel like, okay, finally, and you rush that shot, it's going to look horrible. Yeah. Because you're getting hit with a level of physicality you're just not mentally prepared for. I mean, we had Sam Merrill come on this show. And what did Sam tell us? He's like, look, I – I mentally prepared myself for the speed of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I knew the game was going to be so much faster than the college game. What I wasn't prepared for was the physicality of the game. Yeah. He goes, that's, yeah. What, that's what really surprised me. I knew the game was going to be faster. Yeah. And so I was ready for that. What I wasn't prepared for was the physicality of the game. Yeah, guys are really in your chest. Guys are really pressing hard. Their bumps are hard. Their screens are hard. Their sets are hard. Everything is just – it's just – bigger and more physical it was the same going from college football to the nfl just the physicality of it ramps up but for me it was it the, the speed was more actually more noticeable than the physicality in the nfl that was more of a problem for me than than the physicality i, w- I was fine with the strength the size and how hard you hit and how tough you gotta be that it was the speed is just lightning fast Watching my get off next to Dwight Freeney is like, there's just no comparison. How about that, by the way? Your guy Dwight Freeney going into the Hall of Fame. I was really happy for him. It's been fun to see some of these these old teammates go into the Hall of Fame. It's it's awesome. And Dwight was one of my favorites. He came in my second year, so I got second and, and part of the third with him, and he was great, man. Fun guy. You played against him in college too, right? I mean, not against him, but I mean, you was on that Syracuse team. He was on that, that Syracuse team. That game that we don't really reference. We do not talk about the game that which shall not be mentioned. <laughs> that was that was the worst day of my life. Hands and Scotty, ninety-seven-five, the EKSL Sports Zone, out and about today. RGS Exteriors. Have you gotten a picture with somebody's feet in the sand or on a <laughs> boat somewhere? I have not yet. <laughs> I have not. Is is Tim in the sand somewhere? No, Tim will be here. I'm just gonna fill in for him for this first one. Okay, I was worried. About, I was worried about. 
I can't believe he's here. That's good. I'm glad to know that he's he's home. He's taking in bids and doing his thing. You know, an owner an owner's life is rough sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, well, what he's doing, he's actually coming from the airport. Yeah. From yeah, it, from Bermuda. Now we get we give him our time, but man, he's great. RGS is great, and we really want to reach out to our listeners that are looking to kind of re-image their home. You know, make that home the dream place that they've always wanted. You're sick of that exterior. I got to imagine people are sick of the stucco. They're so sick of certain like vinyl siding and you guys offer a way and an affordable way with great financing to make your dream home exterior. That's right. You know, with the market the way it is right now, there is no better investment than uh, looking at the exterior of your home and just changing up the facade of your home. Uh, we can do, you know, everything from a full exterior remodel to just, you know, maybe touching up some gutters or softening fascia, changing up the color here and there. But, uh, yeah, it's a great time to look at that. You know, don't wait until you have an emergency. This is a this time of year is the best time to get at, get us out there, give you an estimate. It's all free for us to come out and look at it and give you some pricing and uh, let you decide what uh, what you can budget. Well, you know, you'll especially when it comes to rain gutters, you, you always talk about the ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And uh, <laughs> with with you're dealing with ice ice, uh, you know, banks on the roof and and all those other issues that can cause from bad rain gutters, those can cause thousands and thousands of dollars of damage if you don't have those rain gutters performing well. That's right. And you don't let this winter fool you, right? I mean, what a difference a year makes. Yeah. We had such a severe winter last year and we we had so much so many people calling because we were it was so bad, so much ice, so much damage. And then we got we got kind of lucky this year, uh, truth be told. And we're we're happy for it. We able to keep our guys busy. Um but don't let it fool you, you know. It's we got away with one this year. This is the best time to get it done. You know, we can come out, take a look at those areas that you're of your con, that you're concerned with. Let's get some ice melt up on your roof, in your gutters to prevent any damage in the future. 801-280-3110, Whether it's you mentioned a touch up on the gutters or a complete exterior remodel to your house, RGS is here to help you out. 801-280-3110. Call right now. It's all right here at RGS 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Joined now by Jason Cole, senior writer for the 33rdteam.com. I think one of the most fascinating things about Andy Reid is he doesn't sweat the control of other human beings the way a lot of coaches classically do. There's a lot of coaches out there who would have worried about the fact that Travis Kelsey was dating Taylor Swift. Andy Reid looks at him and goes, no, cool, thanks, All right, what are we doing? And that's the genius to me of Andy Reid is you let your guys be guys, run them as football players, allow them to be the human beings they want to be. And that's why I think he can sit back and actually enjoy the process of coaching and running games rather than worrying about a lot of stuff that he has no control over. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chick. Chick, Chick. That's right, yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. And Scotty 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Let's give away some jazz tickets. It's a jazz ticket Tuesday right here on the zone.
It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win Jazz tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bank. 801-575-ZONE. You'll win a pair of tickets. See the Jazz take on the Lakers at Delta Center coming up on February 14th. It's all brought to you by UCCU. Love where you bank. All right, Hans. Um, I will say, you know, by the way, that's Valentine's Day, so it's a great opportunity for you to uh, take your wife and uh, go watch a jazz game. Uh-huh. She would love it for Valentine's Day. Oh, for sure. Especially if you tell her, hey, I want it. Didn't even pay a cent for it. Is that going to work for you or against you? I don't know. might work for some and against some. Leverage it to however you want to leverage it. Be like, yeah, man, I, I spent $120 on these. Or surprise her and say, if she's like, but why would you do that? The kids be like, hey, guess what? I called 20 times. I finally, I was the 12th guy. I got him for free. I got berated by Lloyd Cole, but I did him for you. It was the, it was the burning passion of our love that propelled me to call time and time again. And I got them for you. And I hope she's happy about it. <laughs> oh, I sent out my 25-year anniversary tribute to my wife. Number 25. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah you hit the 25. You did the, the 25 thing. Yeah, back in August. And I, I got the 25 thing. We're, we're going to do a nice little steak dinner. And uh, I guess it's the silver anniversary. Oh, I guess it is, isn't it? Silver yeah. anniversary, so maybe I've got to find a piece of silver, put around her neck or on a finger or something. I don't know. I, well, I mean, clock's ticking, man. Yeah, I, I know, but I always – the the thing is, is I, I try to treat her every day like it's our anniversary. Like, baby, I didn't do anything for you today because every day is our anniversary. <laughs> now are you going to finish that steak? <laughs> I always I, – I, I love getting – to finish the steak that she ordered. She always gets the filet. I'm not a filet guy. I'm not the filet mignon guy. I'm a ribeye guy. Yeah, absolutely. Every time. I saw your tweet about asking for good steak places. Yeah. And we need better steak places here in Salt Lake. There's not many. Like, we need, like, a mom-and-pop steak place. The suggestions were very limited. And if there is a good, like, mom-and-pop hole-in-the-wall steak place, let us know because – Look, I, and we're not, you know, we won't mention them because, you know, they're not advertising. But, you know, the people, the the main one people are referencing is kind of a chain, you know, which yeah. is, it's a great steak. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I'd like to, I'd like to support a, a more local place. And I think that the Capitol Grill that you've talked about, I think that's a chain. Because uh, I think they're sure. in Arizona. I, I don't know if it's a chain. I just yeah. know that they've got multiple locations. Capitol Grill, is that a chain? You know, I, I don't know if it's a chain or not, but you love that place. Yeah, it's a great place, yeah. I would just like, you know, somebody that's got one place, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that that's their livelihood, that's their bread and butter, and, and I'd, I'd love to support the heck out of it. You know what's sad? There was a mom-and-pop shop that moved into a building that was right there by the South Town Mall. Yes, they advertised for a bit, didn't they? Yeah, it was um, Dry Creek. I think was the name, Dry yeah. Creek Steakhouse. She was incredible. Dry Creek Steakhouse. She was incredible. Cared about her food. Did an amazing prime rib. 
uh, I would say that her New Yorks and her, her ribeyes were, you know, they were in the pocket. They weren't some of the better I've had, but the prime rib was up there with anything. The appetizers were solid. And for some reason, they did, they just couldn't hold on. They couldn't make it. I think it's a pretty tough business. Oh, it is. I mean, like. To make it in. Yeah, because your overhead's so high. So if you're not churning through business, it's going to be tough because, you know, ordering those steaks and if people aren't coming in in droves, then it's like a barbecue. I mean, barbecue's got to be a really tough restaurant to, to run. Extremely. Because, you know, your meat prices are ridiculous. So if you're not churning and burning through customers, you're you're in a lot of hurt. Yeah, and I think that it was just it was a struggle. So I've got to imagine that it's probably pretty hard for these mom-and-pop steakhouses. There's a couple that have stuck it out. I saw a couple of suggestions for Maddox up in Ogden. And, or in Brigham City. Or in Brigham City. Yeah. And – I've been to Maddox probably three or four times. It, it's it's solid. It's it's just you know it's a good, it's nice solid place to go eat. But it's not knock your shoes off. But it is more affordable than some of the other options. Correct. They were. I saw a couple of suggestions for a Brazilian place that was, and it's not one of those all you can eat, but a Brazilian steak that was supposed to be really good. Still, the best steak I've ever had was that guy that came out and brought us the that marbled steak from Delta. Oh yeah. Dropped it off and was like, "Hey, we're going to we're going to sell these on air." And we're like, "Great. Let's go." And then we never heard from him again. Took that took those steaks home and uh it was a it was a ribeye and I put that on uh it was back when I had the green egg and it was just charcoal and seared it, put a little olive oil, kosher salt, a little crack back or black pepper on it. Best steak I've ever had. Yeah amazing yeah but uh never heard from that guy again not sure exactly i can't even remember the name of his his dairy or his uh ranch hey buddy if you're listening come on back yeah bring those steaks back but good luck to all the gentlemen out there that are looking to entertain their wives for valentine's tomorrow i hope that you're taking care of business scotty and i have given you every idea we can we gave you spa trevay yes because the women love to get a facial and get pampered and all the things that they get taken care of. We gave you Miki Couture blankets. Miki Couture, you'll never go wrong. And then yesterday we gave you Jimmy's flowers. That's a triple crown right there. That's the triple a spa, crown. a blanket, and flowers. Bam, bam, bam. You're done. You're good. And the reason Scotty and I gave you those three, those are three of our favorites. We love them. And I know that your wife will love them. You'll love them. For the gentlemen out there, if if we've got some of our P Huns that are listening from back in the day, a guy will love. There there's some like flannel, guy looking Minky Couture blankets that they'd love to throw on their shoulders. Call it a Valentine's gift. I'm telling you, again, if you're a guy out there like I, I it's not okay for me to like a Minky. It's fine for you to like it a is. Minky. Yeah, stop it. Just just sit on the couch. You're watching a game. You're eating your nachos underneath the Minky Couture blanket. <laughs> Totally fine. <laughs> Throw the minky on. Totally fine. And then if you get a little of that nacho cheese on that minky, it goes it's completely washable. You'll be fine. Mention mention the zone and they're gonna give you a discount. Fifty five percent off. Yeah. Just ask nicely. I think it was supposed to end over the weekend, but if you go in there and you like hey ask nicely. Just hey, Hans and Scotty said I can get fifty five percent off. I think they'll still take care of you. I I think they will. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, by the way, uh, Hector tweets in, is Hans going to be giving us some love advice on air for Valentine's Day? Well, I would sure love to. 
Are we um, having uh, maybe an Ask Hands segment? No. No, I don't want to do an Ask Hands for Love Advice segment. No, I don't. Nobody knows but more I, about love than you. We really probably should bring back, and now that we're getting into spring and summer, like we probably should bring back Ask Hands. Have you seen how many people have tried to steal that segment? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. It's been rampant. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not as much anymore. But it was, it was getting out of hand. I mean, we did that almost 10 years ago. That was almost a segment right out of the gate. You know, Scotty, I wonder if you can teach people love or if it's just a like a genuine internal drive that, you know, because I'm so much of a romantic. I'm, I'm goobery and dorky, trip-over-my-feet type of romantic. You know, I still get butterflies when a man comes in the room, and I still try to act cool for her. You know, I'll get macho around other guys and peacock a little bit. I try to keep my bench press well above 350 pounds. You know, I try to keep my squat in that 480 to 520 range, you know, because it's it's – it's just what you do for love, you know, and and I don't know if that's something I learned or if it's just something internal that it just is a fire that burns so deep and intense. You don't have to have muscles to be out. good at love. <laughs> well, like, have well, you seen some of our listeners? Like, Lloyd, I, uh, I like, okay, so here's the thing, Hector and everybody else listening, you're probably not going to be able to bench 350 plus. You're not probably going to be able to bench or squat 480 plus. So, like, the average Joe Schmuckatelli out there that isn't, you know, been driving towards the NFL since they were 10 years old and born with the genetics that you were born with. I mean, it's the a combination Viking. of both, you yeah. know. I'm Viking not saying genetics. you're just yeah. all genetics. You put in the work. Yeah. But, you know, our average guy out there that's in his late 30s, early 40s that just likes to play fantasy football and watch games on TV that's 160 pounds soaking wet, you know what, what? What? What's what's up his alley here? Well, uh, you know. Yeah, think think about our listeners, buddy. Have our our listeners in mind. Did you say fudge? <laughs> fudge never hurts. Chocolates don't hurt. Um, man, I just think that finding the little things that she loves and making sure that those things are taken care of. For instance. My wife has fallen in love with keeping a, a Walla water bottle or something. What is it? They, they got these water bottles that they take everywhere. Oh, the Stanley. oh, yeah, I've heard the about Stanley. No, 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 no. Oh. It's it's new. It's, it's Stanley's, like or... Stanley's in the rearview mirror now. Oh, yeah. Moved on from yeah, that. Yeah, it's a wall. I think it's a wall. I think that's the name of it. And you just try to keep ice and water in that thing for her. You know, if you, you pick it up, shake it. If it's empty, throw a little ice, a little water in there. And... It makes it makes her day because now she's got fresh ice and water. She's like, did you do that? And you're like, yeah. And it took you 10 seconds. It was free. But she thinks that you're a king. And, you know, still move around the car and shift yourself kind of fast. Go open a door still. And I know that there's people that are like, oh, those are antiquated techniques. A lot of women still love to be treated and pampered like a traditional woman. They still like the old school techniques of a gentleman. Who says chivalry's dead? It's and, not dead with me. By the way, you can you can still use that to your advantage because when you do that, you can look. You, have, have you guys ever seen the movie Bronx Tale? Yes. Okay, so you probably no. you, you what you do is you open the door for her, and if she unlocks your side of the door, she's a keeper. 
She unlocks the door for you. She's a keeper. Oh, I see. So you let her in. I see. And yeah, if she reaches over to 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 unlock your door. See, I've always in in 25 years now of doing this and in, in my dating life, I actually learned this growing up in in Weezer. Some of the first dates, I started opening up the door. And you shut the door, and as you walk around the back of the car, that's the time to get all the gas out and and make sure that it doesn't trail with you. I've had it trail Well, with that's me. a problem. I mean, you got to walk around the car a couple of times. <laughs> you know, you, make sure you, nothing's you, lingering. You may need to stop at the trunk and, and, and try to act like you're padding out your hamstring or something because, you know, you don't want to drag that in. That'll ruin the mood. Uh, yeah, that would. It'll ruin the mood. But, but so does having a bubble churn. You know, you don't want to have a bubble churning all night. That's that can ruin the mood. But you know, those those little tiny things, Scotty. I think it means a lot. Um, right after the show, I am going to a big and tall store uh, off seventy two hundred and and, uh, and yeah, I know Banger. Okay, yeah. You know the big and tall over here. Yeah. And I'm gonna get a nice sweater and try to look nice for her tonight. Let's see if I can. So work on yourself is what you're saying. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out a way to and then, hide my earlobe. And then after the dinner, you'll take it back and ex- and get a refund. <laughs> <laughs> you and a man to know me all too well. That might be the case. That sweater might be headed back to where it came from after the romantic date. Date, but uh, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get a lot out of that sweater before it goes back to the shop. There you go. Hands and Scotty. <laughs> you can't rinse wet. Hey, maybe maybe we're onto something there, Kurt. Maybe like a, a, a rent a uh, rent 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 clothes for a nice date. If you got a big first date coming up and you're not sure how it's going to go, but you want to look nice, but you don't want to commit completely to the clothes, maybe we just have a nice little wardrobe. You come on by, have somebody. All right, you try this little quarter zip. Try this button down, and then the guy comes back and the date was a mess. All right, well, bring the clothes back. See, that would be really nice because. Dally's big and tall only has <laughs> so you're many. not into big and tall <laughs> yeah I, no you're not i am because i'm all torso i'm built like frankenstein i got high shoulders and a long torso i'm all belly i've got no inseam that's how you know what that's like i don't know if that's an idaho thing but i'm all you know Are i'm you like i'm not torso? as tall but yeah like like i mean i still wear a lot of 30 pants honestly yeah. I can't not look, not waste, but I, I length, can't yeah. walk through snow fast, but I can belly up to a bar pretty well. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean. Hands and Scotty, ninety-seven-five, the KSL Sports Zone. Coming up next, uh, what you may have missed, and then in the one o'clock hour, of course, uh, we will uh, get you the good, the bad, the ugly. Coming up at uh, one thirty as well. It's all straight ahead, ninety-seven-five, the KSL Sports Zone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... This is JJ and Alex. We might have NHL hockey. I'm going to be saying A. In Delta Center for the 24-25 season. Look at you. For next season. Yeah. they got to play somewhere. It's not going to be back at Arizona State. NHL hockey actually being played in Utah before a temporary home for the A's maybe gets filled by a local group here. That's how quickly this could happen. Now, I might be getting up. I might be getting over my skis here, but I am a boat this close to saying a boat the rest of my life. You've already, you've already changed how I you're talking am, here. If you need an on ice You've analyst, already changed your, your, your derelict. I know how to do the dialect. I played street hockey when it got popular there for a minute in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. You, you, 
played I've a little street hockey. I've seen Strange Brew 38 times, oh. eh? Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Well, my daddy left home when I was three, and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left. Hanson he Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, remember, it's well, Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and we'll be hooking you up with Jazz Tickets at 30 past the hour, every hour, all day long, right here on The Zone. All brought to you by UCCU, Love Where You Bank. Well, Hans, it's a, uh, it's a big day for college football. I know there's games are over, but... According to multiple reports, that uh, the uh, college football ESPN has agreed to a six-year contract extension with the entire 12-team college football playoff that will play that will pay out 1.3 billion dollars a year. That's 1.3 billion dollars a year. Do you remember when we were starting into sports radio? We were talking about 10-year contracts that were hitting into the billions. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking about $1.3 billion a year. That's to hold the full rights to the 12-team? So the, whole, the ESPN well, will have the entire 12-team college football playoff. Uh, first of all, I'm pretty happy about that. If, if ESPN can restructure and kind of refeed some of the talent – that they used to have because I think that their angles are typically pretty good and their their content is typically pretty good. I just I want to see them go get the personalities that are great. Yeah. They lost a lot of good personalities. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So go get those college football personalities that we all love. Leave a couple of them that you've got currently on the roadside because there's some that just don't put in work and don't know what the hell they're talking about. They're terrible. So leave them, know who you are, and make sure that you make that a fantastic product. But if they're putting $1.3 billion in, that's telling me, Scotty, we're going to revamp this, and we're going to put out a really good product for your 12-team playoff. Well, I certainly I certainly hope that's the case. And, I, you know, one thing, when ESPN really puts its mind to it, nobody produces a better game. When, when, when they focus in on specifically – the content and the quality of the broadcast and and just focus in on that there nobody produces a better game yeah you know sometimes they get sideways on a bunch of other things but when it's just camera angles you know all that stuff finding the right talent you know and just focusing on football they knock it out of the park correct me if i'm wrong i'm gonna remind people of the format the 12 team playoffs the four top seeds they get a bye correct so you're going to get four games in that first week. And then the winners of those advance to play the four on the bye. Yep. And then you've got the process that will go into the championship game. Yep. So four teams out of the 12 get the bye. Eight teams will play in that first week, moving in to take on the bye teams, and then onward and upward. Yeah, so you're looking at essentially – Four, eight, two. So um, they're paying, you know, over a billion dollars for eleven games. Eleven games. Yeah. Yep. Which is just about a hundred million a game. Mind-boggling. 
Well, I mean, look, football's king right now. We just saw the Super Bowl is the highest rated, uh, the the most watched uh, event on television ever. If you combine all the different platforms it was on this last Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, T-Swizzle probably had a little bit to do with it. But, I mean, it that thing eclipsed anything that's ever been on TV in terms of total number of viewers. Yeah, and college football, I know that people are tired of NIL, and I know that people are tired of collectives, and they're tired of transfer portals. But guess what? The product and the high-end product is just going to get better. Oh, yeah. Yep. Understand that when ESPN puts $1.3 billion in, they know they're essentially getting the NFL minus one. They're, they're getting the top brands because they know that out of those 12 teams, every given year, 11 of them will be the biggest brands in college football because yeah. they're the ones that are spending money to have the biggest teams. Yep. I mean, they're, they're not gambling thinking, well, this is the old restricted college football where anybody could be good and we could have Vanderbilt blow up. No, it, it won't be Vanderbilt and it won't be Rutgers, but they know that they're going to get the biggest brands in college football. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is in this day and age where everybody can watch whatever TV they show they want whenever they want. I mean, look, you can podcast this show. We get people tweeting like, oh, I can't believe you guys said this at like 11 o'clock at night when a guy's at a gym listening to the show on a podcast. See, the one thing that forces people to watch things live is sporting events. And advertisers know that. And so they know that, okay, guess what? I, you know, I can put my my commercial in, you know, the latest NCIS or whatever dopey show is on TV right now. But people are... People are streaming those now. They're not watching it live. So you don't know if you're going to capture – people are going to watch your commercial live. It's mm-hmm. not like back in the day when 80 million people were watching the Cosby show because they could put a commercial right there and people had to watch it live. That's that's in the rearview mirror. Those days are gone. The only time as an advertiser you can catch somebody live and ensure that you watch – that they watch your commercial is during live sports. Mm-hmm. And people can still DVR sports, but, I mean, when it's the Super Bowl or the college football playoff, you watch live. they're watching it live. Those 12 teams and those games will be watched live. Yes. Every one of us are going to be watching it live and counting on every down. That's a huge contract. It's bigger than I thought it'd be. Yeah. It's a lot of money. And, and I didn't realize that we were talking about a one-logo suitor. That they'd split it up a little bit? Yeah. yeah. No, ESPN's like, we want all of it. They shut the door on Fox, and Fox has been a big player. Fox went out and got some of the biggest names. They, they've actually got some of the better broadcasts. I don't know if they got the better camera angles, and I don't know if they got the, the better visibility, but they've got some of the better talent out there. So now if you're a talent with Fox, you're like, what? Did You, you didn't get in the game? What? How did you guys not get in the game? Yeah. And maybe maybe it was just too big of a price tag for him. What's crazy, Scotty, is we're watching ESPN just purge talent and purge money and trying to put Band-Aids all over themselves. But yet when it comes to this, they're all in. A lot of their daily products have been trash. Their ratings on their daily products have been trash. But you can't beat live football. They it can't beat down. it. And that's why I think they're saying, like, look, let's cut everything else. Let's either get rid of our high-priced talent or cut programs that aren't doing well and just focus on all of our resources going towards live events. They laid off hundreds. Oh, yeah. Oh, hundreds yeah. and yeah. hundreds 
and some of the top-end personalities, they laid them off. And then they paid buco bucks to McCaffrey. No, McAfee. Yeah, yeah. They paid buco bucks to McAfee, buco bucks to college football. And I think they're all in on those two things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody else, it's like. Well, Stephen A is making more money than he should. <laughs> yeah. That's one they could cut tomorrow. They wouldn't fill. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ross hanging out with us. We're live here at uh, RGS Exteriors and so many great opportunities for you to get your house redone. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot. There's a uh, there's so much going on in terms of interest rates because, you know, three years ago, a lot of people refinanced and they got in the, you know, 2.8 or 3%. And now you're looking at 6.5 or 7%. So people, I think a lot of people thought out there, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to have this house and then – in five years, I'm going to sell it, and then I'm either going to build or buy my dream home. Well, guess what? You're not giving up that interest rate. Nobody wants to give up that rate. So you can turn your current home into your dream home, and RGS is here to help you out with that. That's right. You know, so going out and getting a new home is not feasible for most homeowners right now, you know, because you're going you're gonna to pay a ton more for a new home because of the interest rates. Um, so in order, to, in order to get something done on the, you know, to your liking on your home, there's a few ways you can do that with us. Um, you know, obviously saving up is one way, but we also offer some special financing programs for our customers that they can get in, get it, you know, 12 months, same as cash type of deal. We also offer some very competitive rates um, through our financing programs that you can that you can also do. Um, so, yeah, it's a great time to do it. Uh, don't, don't wait. Don't count on the interest rates going down. That's probably not realistic, at least anything extreme. So go ahead and give us a call now, and we'll be happy to come out and, and look at that for you. And late Valentine's gift idea, Scotty. How about telling your significant other? Because it's free. Hey, baby, I just scheduled us a consultation with an exterior company. Let's they they're gonna just do full renderings. They're gonna show us what our house could look like. And I, I want you to come up with ideas. You know, might maybe it's a project down the line, but let's go just take a look at what we can do. How about that, Ross? That's a good. That's one. pretty romantic. The way you do yeah, that, hands. Yeah. Absolutely. This guy can turn anything romantic. Yeah, because every every significant other, like every husband, every wife has some type of vision of what they want their house to look like. Come in, sit down with Ross and Tim and Greg, the whole crew. They'll put pictures of your house into the software, and they can show you what your house could look like with a little bit of stonework, a couple of new columns, some new gutter work. And you could show them a whole new house. That's right. We, we use a program called Rental Works, and all our estimators do it. Come out to your house, take pictures of your house, give them some ideas, uh, give or give our guys ideas of what you're looking for. Our guys can give you some ideas of what they think would look great, and they can show you exactly what it's going to look like on your home. It's a great program. Well, and I think that's important because I think a lot of people out there are like, oh, you know, I'd love to do it, but I just can't afford it. And they just, they don't know. They just think it's some astronomical, astronomical number, but they don't know what the number is. You just owe it to yourself to have somebody come out to your house and just visualize it, see what it is. And then and then put a number attached to it. Work with your budget, and then see what you can come up with. But first step is just getting the information. That's right. We're not a high pressure sales um, company. We don't. We're going to come out and we're going to you know, how much it's going to be, and then you can budget it. Right. Whether you can figure out if you can afford it, we'll give you the financing options. We'll let you know how much uh, the price is going to be, and then you can make your decision from there. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. Ross and the crew ready to help you out. It's RGS Exteriors and Construction right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it better. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You know, we talk about love. We talk about uh, Valentine's Day. You know, it's a great place to spend Valentine's Day. Laramie, Wyoming. Because tomorrow or tonight or right after the show, I get in the car, drive to Laramie. And we got a game tomorrow in Wyoming. I'll be doing the show tomorrow in Laramie, Thursday and Friday in uh, Fort Collins. That's where they do get their roses at gas stations. You know, buddy, I don't typically feel bad for you because I think you're living your dream. But this one actually makes me feel kind of bad for you. Because Wyoming in February on the day of love is miserable. Yes. That's terrible. Yeah. So what do you uh, – yeah, But you, obviously you've got plans because I know you don't like to act like you're a romantic, but I think you take care of business. At least that's what came across to all of us when we were at that Mexican restaurant. <laughs> I knew where you were going. <laughs> and Jenny came on for a minute. She yeah, Scotty does. <laughs> expressed some pretty nice things about you. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, look, I mean – you know, I, I think we're going to celebrate when I get home. Okay. No, good I, enough. There's a, there's a few things that... Uh, there will be no I, complaints. I uh, I told the kids, like, look, there are things that are taken care of that you need to make sure get delivered. And uh, and if they drop the ball on that, then there's going to be some hell to pay. Okay. But things are set in motion. Things are set in motion, okay. yes. Glad you got attention. And so help me if they screw it up, there can be some problems. And should be. Yeah. I already got uh, I already got one phone call today from the uh or well my wife did from the uh school. I already had one kid get a little sideways at school today. And now you're headed out of town. And now I'm heading out of town where she has to deal with that. That's fun. That's always fun when the wife or when your wife gets a phone call from the principal. Oh yeah, those are great times. Those are nothing better dealt with that a few times oh i can't wait to tell you this story off the air it's a pretty bad uh did he get sent home no he does he does have detention okay i've dealt with that to I, man i want to tell the story on the air i probably shouldn't though <laughs> tell it what do you do no no we leave our we live our lives on air parents are out there dealing with all kinds of things let's just say he was trying to get a little handsy with the vending machine Oh no! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is the vending machine thinking about filing charges? That's that's what I've always worried about. No, no. He he claims that a kid had uh, a friend of his had uh, you know you know the money wasn't 
put the money in and didn't go, and so he was trying to get what was rightfully what was rightfully his, his friends. friends. <laughs> wink, wink, nod. Oh, that's good. All right. Uh, so we talked a little bit about the Jazz. We talked a little bit about the concern of the Jazz. But here's the thing. We, we thought the Jazz would be hanging in there. And when the basketball season started, you know, you, you had high expectations. You know who we did not have high expectations for was BYU. We thought BYU would be in the dumps when it comes to college basketball. And look at this team hanging in their hands. Yeah, they're doing a lot of things well. And they've got a big game tonight. Uh, Central Florida was picked dead last in the Big 12 preseason poll. And they've put together a decent Big 12 record. They're 4-6. and six. I mean, they're trying to fight to get past 500. And BYU is currently sitting at 500. So BYU has well exceeded expectations. And Central Florida has to come into the Marriott Center and try to find their fifth win. They would be 5-6 and six in Big 12 play. They sit... 13 and 9 in season play right now, but they're going to come in. They're going to fight their butts off. The good news for BYU is, Scotty, they've got Ali Khalifa back. And they just run like a more well oiled machine when Ali Khalifa is on the floor. He came back against Kansas State and came back with six assists and didn't turn the ball over and hit a couple of three pointers. He was perfect. From outside, went 2-2 two, two on threes and did everything that he's expected to do. He, he just gets the offense into rhythm. And he, I don't know how much you've had a chance to watch him since you're covering Utah State and calling for Utah State. But he is so good. His vision is so solid and his passing is so accurate that he just raises the level of everybody's offensive ability when he's out on the floor. Yeah. So having Khalifa back is huge. When Waterman's on, Waterman is absolutely deadly. And you just hope that Dallin Hall can find his stroke. Dallin Hall was the only one that struggled a little bit against Kansas State, or at least the only one I felt really struggled against Kansas State. Just couldn't hit from the perimeter and couldn't find his stroke. But when when he's hot, he's one of the best guards in college basketball. Okay, so you go down the list. You got Jackson Robinson shooting 36% from three. Dallin Hall at 37%. Trevin Neal at 42%. And Noah Waterman at 37%. And all of those guys, and uh, all four of those guys have attempted, you know, nearly 100 three-pointers on the season. Uh, it's Dallin Hall at 93, Trevin Nell 122, Noah Waterman 117, Jackson Robinson 147. The only one who's had some struggles at, at shooting the three that's been over 100 attempts is Spencer Johnson, who's at 31% and has attempted 107 threes on the season. I tell you what, I mean, that's it's a crazy percentage. There's a reason why when you look at three-point percentage, BYU's nearly top 50 in the country at 37%. And... Also, at three point, you know, at uh, nearly fifty percent of their their field goal attempts are from three. Yeah. And so, when you're shooting thirty seven percent, yes, you absolutely should be shooting a high number of threes. Mm-hmm. What they've developed on offense. Now, look, yes, there's a lot of people out there like, okay, well, you live by the die or live by the three, die by the three. Yeah, that's true. But right now, BYU's doing pretty well, and it's keeping them in a lot of games and giving them a lot of early success. And when you come into a conference like the Big 12 in a situation where 
you're probably going to be behind the eight ball from a talent standpoint right out of the gate. Not saying that BYU can't elevate themselves. You've got to do something that's going to differentiate yourself. What can you do better than everybody else in the conference? Okay, well, let's go all in on this free-flowing offense where we're going to shoot a lot of threes, and it's going to keep us in a lot of games. Now, it might kill us in some games, sure, but I think that's it was a smart choice of Mark Pope to make that transition, and you and I talked to him about it, and he said, look, that was a conscious decision we made in the offseason saying, look, what are we going to do to be different? What are we going to do to try to make a jump into this conference and say this is who we are? And I, I, like the, I like the direction they're going right now. Yeah, their perimeter attack has been unique, and it's been solid. And as long as they hit, they could do a lot of damage. Um, you know, the other thing is you, you're watching an uptick in the BYU's defensive side. They, they are really picking up the pace defensively. And they've broke into Kim Palm's top 25 in adjusted defensive metrics. And they are holding teams below their perimeter percentages. When you watch them, they do a really good job of closing and attacking to the outside, forcing contested three onlys. At least it's, it's improved. I think it's improved throughout the season pretty dramatically. And I think that goes back to really good coaching, good head coaching, good assistant coaching to get them really flying out to the outside and trying to contest because they're going to see some of that. And, you know, you go back to the last time they played against Central Florida. Central Florida was held to just 58 points. And now they've got to come into the Marriott Center. And I'm expecting BYU to get another win. I'm expecting BYU to break over that 500 mark get themselves uh, above 500 in Big 12 play and continue to build their NCAA tournament resume. Right yep. now, they're comfortably in. Right now. Oh, yeah. No, they're fine. Right now, not only are they comfortably in, but there's talks of it being a more significant seed than we would have ever imagined this BYU team potentially being seeded. Yeah. And – I don't know. You've you've done this for a lot of years. I know that you did a couple of of mock seating um, committees and and some other things that you've done. How much historically? How much has seeding, when you're talking about one or two seeds, you know, going from instead of a seven seed or an eight seed going maybe to a five or six seed how much does that play in a in a role in your ability to make a run in the tournament uh, it, not as much as you think because ultimately it just comes down to matchups you know because you could be a nine seed and make a run in the tournament if the matchups are you know because every team just there's some teams that just match up better against other teams than than others i mean it just when you look at the strength of BYU, if they go up against a, a Virginia or a team that really plays a slow, methodical style and limits possessions, that's a bad matchup for BYU. Um, if they play a fast-paced team where there's a lot of possessions, that's more apropos to what BYU does, and that would play into their game a little bit more. So I would say it's great from a, hey, look, we're a five-seed or we're a six-seed or we're a four-seed. I mean, that's, that's great to puff your chest out, but it's more important about having the right matchups in who you play in the first and your second and, and potentially your third round more than it does your higher seed. Because traditionally, yeah, you know, you, you know, on paper it should be like, okay, well, we're a four and we're playing a 13. That should be an easy victory, and it probably should be. But at the end of the day, the next round you're playing a really good team. Yeah. 
And so it doesn't, you know, BYU, yeah, so whoever it, they play this year in the first round, they should get a win. It, it, but it's getting through the round of 32. It's, exactly. That, that is, round of 32 is going to be where it all comes down to matchups. Because it slims out all the double-digit yep. seeds. And yep. you, you're pretty much down to the fine-tuning. By the way, Ibrahama uh, Diallo um, from Central Florida, who was missed a couple games due to undisclosed reasons, uh, will be in the lineup tonight. He averages about 8.6 rebounds a game. I watched him. He actually played his last two years at San Jose State. He's a really good player. Um, I, I've not followed him at Central Florida. I know he was good for San Jose State last the last couple of years. Well, that's good. I, I'm glad that we're going to see a couple of fully loaded rosters. I'm just – I'm really glad that Ali Khalifa is back because I think that that really makes a difference for BYU. Have you had a chance to watch much of him just with oh, your, yeah. with your duties? Yeah, no, I the, the DVR's been uh, been working overtime this year. And uh I think I think he's really special. I'm really curious to know if there's potential at next level for him. And I think with some of the vision and you know, he he has shown the ability to get out there and hit outside. I'd like to see just a little bit more of that, maybe a couple more attempts, but his game all around, it's methodical. You know, it's not flashy. Some of his passes are flashy, but the movements aren't flashy. Yeah. But watching me just be so based in the game of basketball, make really good basketball decisions. I love smart basketball players. Um, so the, the other thing that bugs me, outside of the BYU-Baylor game, the the rest of the season is on ESPN+. And it's just like, I hope that in the future there's something better, there's a better option there because I think that's limited everybody's ability to really take in this BYU team that has sparked and hit big. I'm sure there's a lot of BYU fans out there that have bought their ESPN Plus accounts and uh, and, and doing what they've got to do to, to have it on their phones, but it'd be nice to have some mainstream coverage of this BYU game or yeah. this BYU team. Yep. But BYU-Baylor will be on the mothership coming up next Tuesday. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ross, kind enough to hang out with us as we are live here at RGS Exteriors, and there's so many great opportunities for you to adjust how your home looks. Um, trends are changing, and you're changing with them. I mean, all it's still, what, black and white? Is that what people are doing, or has that changed? And, and what, what what are the newest trends when it comes to exterior homes? You know, white uh, white is always good. Black has been very popular right and the mixture of the two has been very popular whether or not that continues uh, we'll see we'd go to a lot of uh, national conferences with other exterior companies and um, and with our our product manufacturers and we, we get to see the trends um, that are happening usually before they hit locally but uh, but yeah the the white facade is is really popular right now so I think people don't really have a grasp of what you guys can do with your financing. And, and I think that that detours a lot of people from making the call is, oh, I just don't have X amount of money to put into the look of my home, or I maybe I need to start saving and then I can do it. But you guys have some 0% options that allows them to not add anything on interest, but gives them a large window to pay off those those fixes, those exterior fixes. Right, and everything's based on um, on your credit, right? So you're gonna, we're gonna work with our financing companies to see what your avail- what's available to you. If you meet a minimum standard, then we can get you zero percent. If you're looking to extend it out a little bit longer, then we can get you a nice rate on that. And 
we're talking less than you can get at, at your local bank. So we can give you all the options. Uh, don't, you know, don't be shy. Don't be scared to find out what it is. It doesn't cost anything for us to come out and, and lay it all out for you. But, yeah, we, we have lots of financing options, including some zero interest um, loans, loan terms. So, well, and that's the thing too, because I think a lot of people are like, well, I'm not, I'm not liquid enough to be able to pull something like that out. Uh, but there are so many options available where you can do it now. You can improve how your home looks and how your, your home performs. And, uh, and then, you know, at 0%, you can, uh, you know, wait for your tax return and things like that and, and knock it out and get it done. But the important thing is, is just get the information right now. As you mentioned, it's not going to cost you a dime to have somebody come out, visualize your home, give you a bunch of different options, see what you're looking at. Right now is the best time to call because we're just getting out of the winter. Uh, we've, we're fully loaded with our installers, with our crews. They're, they're hungry. They're ready to go to work. I mean, we're keeping them busy, but... Uh, we'd love to get some more work on the board for them. Now's a great time. Don't wait till the fall when everybody starts to panic before the weather gets here. Do it now. Get, get someone out there now. Uh, get on our board. 801-280-3110. It's RGS Exteriors. That's 801-280-3110. Call right now. Get on the books. Get that information. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Joined now by Jason Cole, senior writer for the 33rdteam.com. I think one of the most fascinating things about Andy Reid is he doesn't sweat the control of other human beings the way a lot of coaches classically do. There's a lot of coaches out there who would have worried about the fact that Travis Kelsey was dating Taylor Swift. Andy Reid looks at him and goes, no, cool, thanks, right? what are we doing? And that's the genius to me of Andy Reid is you let your guys be guys, run them as football players, allow them to be the human beings they want to be. And that's why I think he can sit back and actually enjoy the process of coaching and running games rather than worrying about a lot of stuff that he has no control over. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Chevrolet. Proudly serving Utah since 1926. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. It is your good, the bad, and the ugly. Before we get to the good, let's give away some tickets. It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win Jazz Tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZOLE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. Caller number 12 gets tickets. You'll see the Jazz and the Lakers at Delta Center on February 14th. Well, speaking of the winners... CBS comes out as a winner. You mentioned this, Scotty, some of the ratings coming out from the Super Bowl. An estimated 123.4 million people watched the Super Bowl. Now, what's interesting about this, 120 million of them watched it on CBS. Only about 3 million plus watched it on either Nickelodeon or streamed on Paramount+. Plus. But the Nickelodeon thing has kind of lost some of its steam and interest, but it's it's still there, and people are still watching it for some of their different angles, and they're trying to bring kids into the game, and they're 
trying to get a, a, a whole other generation interested in the Super Bowl and finding that team that they love and that they can glom onto and watch. But 120 million watching on CBS, and the number that really blows me away, they figure through all platforms about 202 million people watch the game. And what I'm thinking that they're doing to take that number into account is how many TVs had how many average people watching it to to try to figure out, okay, it's not just homes. It's not just TV sets. How many people are actually watching this event? They believe it to be 202 million. And when you think, what, do we have 330 million in this country? Yeah, something like that. We've got like 330 million Yeah, two out of three people are watching that game. It's absolutely astounding what the Super Bowl has become. Which is why that money spent on those commercials are well worth it, and you better hit on them. Yeah, and, you know, you pay $10 million to Ben Affleck to get him in an orange and white jumpsuit and become the Dunk Kings to promote Dunkin' Donuts. It's worth it, man. And And he's brilliant. And more of that coverage has leaked out, and it's hilarious. Him and, and Matt Damon and Tom Brady sitting in the parking lot throwing passes and Ben with his Boston accent being, no, throw it harder. Get out of the way, Matty. <laughs> I mean, those guys are brilliant together. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I don't watch commercials, but you know you see that stuff. So it's it's become the finest dollar to spend if you've got oh, that, yeah. that amount to spend. I mean, honestly, if you're going to go all in on your business and you have the money – a Super Bowl commercial is the way to go. And then you get these dopey ones like the, I don't know, that the app that sells things cheap, Timu or something like that, who's had like four or five commercials in there. And I'm like, I think you missed the boat on that. Yeah, and from what I understand, all that is is like a, like a marketing arm, and all it does is gets into your email and floods you with spam. Uh, that's that's the word. Um, is there any way we could get Nate to spring on – a 60-second commercial for the Hanson Scotty show. Uh, yeah. I mean, if we can come up with, you know, a couple million. I think the next time it's on uh, KSL, we'll probably have one. Is that next year? I think that is next year. We did. We, You know, the first year we were here, we got a Super Bowl commercial. Um, yeah, we did. It was a, it was a, a, a quick – but I, I don't want to share. Just I just want the Hanson Scotty. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I just want to get a little bit more. See, Lloyd has to worry about that stuff. I don't have to worry about it now, so I'm with you now. I'm like, <laughs> nope, it's just us. Uh, uh, Alex Curie just shot us a text. He said that JJ was just checking some of the local numbers. 80% of the TVs in Utah had the Super Bowl on. Oh, my goodness. Wow. 80% of the TVs here. Jeez. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of interest across the board. You had Fred Warner and Andy Reid and, you know, you – what is yeah. that? I wonder what that compares with conference. What are the TV ratings on conference? My guess is Super Bowl would be higher than conference. I here. would think so, yeah. But I'd be interested to know that number. So here's what's crazy. Now, so the top 30 TV shows in the history of television in our country, top 30, 29 of them are now Super Bowls. Is it still MASH? I don't know what the one that's. MASH used to be number one forever. I don't know what the, it's probably the, the series finale. I know it held the record for a long time, but now it's out of the top 30, 29 of them are Super Bowls, the entire top 10 Super Bowls. Wow. There's your good. Let's get to the bad.
now the bad. Well, a lot of money changed hands on Super Bowl Sunday. More than $185 million was bet on Super Bowl with the state sports books, the most ever, according to an unaudited figures released. That amount eclipsed the previous high, which was a couple years ago, by over $6 million. The state's 182 sports books squeaked out just $6.8 million win on the games. And that's exactly what they're hoping for is that it's, you know, that means you set a pretty good number there. Caesar Sportsbook said the odds on overtime produced the biggest loss of the thousands of prop bets it offered. Sportsbook FanDuel said it took $14 million bets, totaling $307 million on the Super Bowl from 2.5 million active users. Yeah, it took 14 million bets. 14 million bets that total totaled $307 million. Yeah. There's a lot of VIG those guys are making on that. My goodness. Well, yeah, so the the number that you gave first, the $185.6 million, that was just sports books in Vegas. Yeah. And there's, I th- think there's 100 and, 182 sports books. So $185.6 million bet just in sports books. And Vegas comes out of it at $6.8 million. You know, that actually prompted me because Vegas had been in the news because they hosted the Super Bowl to go look at uh, gambling revenue in Vegas. And gambling revenue in Vegas has now taken a back seat to room revenue. And it's actually starting to, like, bite into shares for entertainment. So I was looking at some of the numbers, Scotty. Non-gambling resources have accounted for 75% now of Vegas earnings. 75% non-gambling revenue. So just last year, 2023, MGM Grand in Las Vegas generated only 23% of its $2.3 billion in a single year. Only 23% came from gambling. I would have thought that'd be much higher. Much higher. Caesars in Las Vegas, twenty-seven point six of their one point one billion. Hmm. And which I, MGM is that much more? But but think about this. So MGM holds a lot of the major boxing events. Correct. A lot of the major MMA events. So MGM kind of has the market cornered on some of your biggest sporting events. Again, going back to the sporting world. But I saw the six point eight million i was like that's peanuts for vegas vegas is now making it in rooms they're making it in parking they're making it in shows and sports entertainment i'm talking about the in the hotels and then only 23 to 25 percent is coming from gambling now i wonder what that use number used to be percentage wise bet it was over 50 because remember, because I was reading the amount of comped rooms in Vegas. Do you remember back in our day when we were in college? You know, a couple of us used to get, jump in a car. We'd head to Vegas and play $100 on a table, and we'd sit there and whine about wanting a room, and we'd get a comp room. I was reading a, a note that you now have to go to the furthest extremes in gambling to get the comp room. They're not comping rooms anymore. Because they've got the bodies to fill the rooms. They don't have enough rooms in Vegas. As many as they continue to build and have, they don't have enough rooms. And I, and, and I don't know, you've been to Vegas a few times this year already. And I'm headed down to Vegas for a volleyball tournament coming up in March for my, for my daughter. 
and you can't get a room. No. They are jam-packed, and the room and we you, ended up getting was $220 a night. Yeah, you you used to be able to get, like, a room for 49 59 bucks. And you can't now because no, no. Th- what happened is they brought the world of entertainment to Vegas. It started with gambling, and that's why I, it had to be 50 to 65% at least of what Vegas brought in had to come off the gambling world. But then what Vegas did is they brought all of these events. They brought NASCAR. They brought NFL. They they brought NHL hockey, and they brought the world of you know mixed entertainment with different circus acts and, and all the craziness, and now it's about the rooms. You can't get a room. That's why you've seen all the buffets, the the good old fashioned six dollar and fifty cent all you could eat, or the four ninety nine steak and eggs. It's all gone. Because they brought the world of entertainment. Now people are paying high dollars for their room, and they're like, yeah, let's, let's kill them on the meal, too. And, and while they're here, let's get them with their gambling. Yeah. It's crazy. Vegas has. I miss it. I miss old Vegas. <laughs> Vegas has changed their business plan. Never had to pay for parking, either. It's ridiculous. All right, 148, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, another additional whole world news coming up next. Uh, one or in the two o'clock hour, busy two o'clock hour, Bob Nightingale will join us. We'll talk about his uh, latest uh, on the world of Major League Baseball and expansion. There's some good news and there's some bad news when it comes to Salt Lake. We'll get to that coming up at uh, about 2:05, and then at 2:30, David Locke will join us as well. It's right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Download the KSL Sports app to get live streaming of your favorite shows. Downloading. Download the latest podcasts and get all the latest breaking news on the teams you can't live without. Everything you need delivered right to your phone. Let's go get them where we can get them. Just search KSL Sports on your app store of choice. Download it now. The KSL Sports app presented by University of Utah Health. Is whole world news on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We've got, got the, the whole world in our hands. You got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. We've got the whole world in our hands. You've got you and me, brother. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for another edition of Whole World News, Hans. All right, so we were talking about marriage proposals the other day. I think we're at Tim Daly Mazda. Yeah. Out with Jake. You remember we were going through some marriage proposal ideas? This guy in England, I think, came up with the most amazing show of love for a marriage proposal that I've ever seen. He simply tattooed. Now, he did it on his upper thigh. I think if I were going to do this, I'd probably do it like on my chest, maybe on a peck. But he tattooed, will you marry me? with a box that says yes and a box that says no, and then she gets to select the box, and then they, they'll tattoo the check mark in the, in the box. I think it's extremely, um, like, redneckish, like, you know, deep woods Idaho-ish, but, man, it's, some, it's kind of sexy to me. Oh, geez. Uh, it, it says I'm committed to this proposal, 
you know, because once you put that ink in your body, it, you're you're committed. And uh, it, so, would, it would suck to have the no box. Check. So when you get the seven year itch and she's like, you know what? I just I'm not feeling it anymore. It's like, baby, you you checked it. It's it's in my blood. <laughs> so the other one where you do is you get white out and you white out the yes box and then you, you write a new box for the new woman. Because it can, you can just reuse the same messaging for your next potential wife. Yeah, I think just, uh, you know what, just a dozen roses, nice little venue, get on the knee. I think that's plenty. So this is what I was thinking. This 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 is my vision of it. I would now, if I could do it again, I would have it tattooed not on my lower back, but kind okay. of kind of upper back, Uh Almost Andre Kirilenko, a la the Andre, dragon. Andre Kirilenko. So I'd have it come across the back, and and I'd take my girlfriend at the time, hopefully fiance, to a beach, and I would peel off the shirt. And I'd be like, "Hey, baby, could you put some uh, sunscreen on my back?" And I'd lay out across the. the the and beach and chair. by the way, people can't see this. You're flexing right now. You're actually like trying yeah. to push out those back muscles. I'd, I'd have it written right out kind of on the edges of my lats, too. And I'd flex out the lats, and I'd be like, What's up, Mom? We'll say you, baby. Go ahead and check that box. You got to admit, man, that would drive a woman up the wall. Uh,. Like your fiance or your girlfriend would be like so hot to trot about. Well, that? I don't know. It depends. Does she have to like peel away the back hair to like see it? Because that might that might not help you in your in in your quest there. Will She's you, like, I can't see it. It's like an Amazon jungle back there. And you're like, did you just kind of part it away a little bit? You'll you'll see it. It's it's a it's kind of a choose your own adventure book. You know, will you harry me? <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> well, that would be even a better unveiling. <laughs> she's got the race. She's got the, the clippers. Yeah. And she's be like, baby, grab those clippers. And you'll find your surprise at the bottom. Come over here and shave this back. <laughs> I think you're going to like what you find. <laughs> this is so repulsive. No. I think it's romantic. You talk a big game, but when we were down at that one place and we had people come down and uh, do chest hair. For BYU, yeah, Utah I didn't like kids. that. I didn't like that. I guess I put the what I'm doing is putting my feet in the other shoe. If a woman proposed to me by tattooing, "Will you marry me?" like just around her belly button, you know, like let's just say, kind of like arcs her belly button, "Will you marry me?" and then, you know, the yes check boxes right below the belly button. I would think that that is so hot and exciting. I, it, it, the bar's not set that high for you, man. Like anything gets you going. <laughs> All right, Ross is with us. We're live here at RGS. <laughs> Probably good. Tim isn't here right now. How you doing, man? <sighs> doing all right. Don't you think that's a cool proposal, though? You know, not so much. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, to each their own. I, that's, that's what I tell my wife all the time. Each their own. <laughs> each their own. All right. So you got an opportunity here to uh, to rework the outside of your home. Uh, and, and this is, you talk about perfect timing. This is about the time you really want to get on the books and get things scheduled, correct? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great time. Uh, we're just coming out of our the winter season, which is usually our slower season. But we haven't ramped up yet. 
people are going to start to think about their spring projects, start to think about what they want to do now that the weather's warming up and, and it's going to get busy. So, you know, beat the rush, you know, try to get something on the books. You know, some of these bigger projects, especially they don't, it's not a, we're going to, we're out there, you know, one week given the estimate, we're out there the following week doing the work. I mean, these are big projects. They take some planning, it takes uh, material, custom material usually. You have to be ordered in. So some of these projects can take a couple months, and you don't want to be on the back end of, you know, that uh, busy season and then have to wait even longer, and then you get into the colder weather. Let's, you know, let's let's get on the books now and, and get get you some get you some remodel or siding or whatever it is that you need done. Let's, let's get that done while the weather's good and it doesn't really affect you. Well, and also, too, I, I think we got to circle back on rain gutters a little bit, too, because I think those are important. Uh, you may have dodged a bullet. We still probably have some more snow coming, uh, but it hasn't been like last year. And if you feel like, oh, you know, you know, we're, we're OK. No, because you get those ice dams and it can cause thousands and thousands of dollars of damage. Right. You know, keeping up on your rain gutter is is something that most people don't think about until they have a major problem. And it's not just uh, it's not just ice. You know, it's buildup of leaves and debris and. Uh, we've got a few project pro- products for that. You know, our leaf protection is the best in the business, and it's uh, we have anywhere from a 10-year warranty product to a lifetime warranty product that we can offer. Uh, we can get out there and clean out your gutters, your existing gutters, if they're in good shape. Uh, if we don't need to replace them, we can put a nice little cover on there for you to that you'll never have to clean out your gutters again, and then it'll, it'll keep them nice and safe for you. And you guys are the primary dealer for Hardy, and I think that says a lot, you know, that you guys have gone to – the lengths to be the primary dealer and i know they love you you've got a great relationship with them that keeps costs low and you guys can put on that siding better than anybody. right so with with hardy we are an elite preferred dealer and we're the only ones uh, locally that that have achieved that and everybody can buy the product but we have a special relationship with hardy and we we have to go through a lot of hoops to become an elite preferred dealer we can't cut corners we have to do everything per hardy spec uh, we can't, you know, substitute some cheaper material here and there when we do those hardy installs. Uh, if we want to be elite preferred, we have to meet their standards, and it's a tough standard. And uh, we're proud to say that we are the only local company that is elite preferred from Hardy themselves. Um, so we, we, uh, we're proud of that, and uh, that's one of our big selling points. Call right now, 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. Get on those books with RGS Exteriors. Coming up next, uh, we're going to switch things up a little bit. Bob Nightingale will join us at 2.30. David Locke will join us next right here on The Zone. You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chick. Chick, Chick. That's right, yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, out and about today here at RGS Exteriors, rain gutters, siding, whatever you need done to the outside of your home, they can make it happen. 801 280 that's 801-280-3110. Right now, though, let's check in with the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Ow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
He is the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. David, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Scotty? I'm doing well. All right, so uh, some of our Jazz listeners are a little salty today, so I need you. We got people up on the couch. You're the psychiatrist. You're Dr. Locke. I need you to help people wrap their brain around the fact that uh, the rest of the season may not go the way that they would have hoped. Well, I need to know about my patient. Was it the same patient that, like, three months ago was yelling and screaming because Taylor Hendricks wasn't playing enough and couldn't understand why we wouldn't be playing our ninth pick of the draft and how he had, like, is is the same patient or a different patient? Uh, Same. Same patient, yeah. Okay, then this patient, I can't do anything because they just want to complain all the time. <laughs> <laughs> They're just looking to hate the world, huh? Right. Like, that patient just wants to hate the world. This um, uh, Hey, David, I, 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 I was watching John Collins and watching him move around against Golden State, and I had a thought. How much does John Collins' role change with Simone Fontecchio off the court? He did not, I don't believe. Okay, so I don't, it's, I don't it, think it's, that was a connection. I actually think Lowry and Simone might have spent the most time together. The one who's actually probably the most impacted is Walker Kessler. It's literally with his three locker mates. Like Ochai, Lowry, uh, Ochai, Simone, and Kelly all had lockers right next to Walker. Mm-hmm. How does, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this isn't a fair question to ask, but. All right, let, all right let's, like, let's start with, let's back up a tiny minute, tiny moment here for a second, okay? So we were playing really well. I think we were 19 and 11 since Colin moved in the starting lineup. And if we had had our full no trades and went to Phoenix to play the Suns, who've pretty much clicked in, with yep. Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, do you think we would have won? No. And the Warriors have won five straight and I think seven of eight, maybe eight of nine. Mm-hmm. Correct. And do you think that before the trades, with our full roster, we were better than Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, and um, Draymond Green? Not the way they played last night, no. Yeah, not not the current edition. You know, I I did have some okay. questions with Golden State and, are, and Steve Kerr not being we, there, like, but what? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get to those. What are we up in arms about? Well, and and would that team is currently constituted as you talked about? Uh, are they better than the Lakers and Golden State again on back to back nights? Yeah, I mean, maybe you know? not. Like, I mean, we had you know we're really good at home. Um, we got a really good win against Oklahoma City. Um, and we, we, you know, we also, I mean, like, I guess we got to, I guess I got to get enough before the trades a little bit. We were 26 and 26 with a negative point differential, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, no, I don't think that. I want to make sure our patient was aware of that. I, I think that's that's very well put. I think also, too, I am kind of curious to know if you are Dr. Locke working with the Jazz, and let's just use 
Walker Kessler specifically, as you mentioned, um, because he loses three of his locker mates, the guys that are around him. And as you mentioned, and I've mentioned, we have kids about his same age. We know what that's like uh, dealing with, you know, 20, 21 year olds. Uh, And all of a sudden his support system to, uh, you know, maybe that's taking things a bit too high, but guys that he knows and loves and have been around and talked to every day, they're gone. Do you just, at that point, you say, hey, look, that's an NBA, tough cookies, deal with it. That's what this league is like. Or do you, do you have to nurture that a little bit? How do you handle that as a front office and a coaching staff to a very young player in the league? So I two things. One, I do think it goes to the madman, madman line, and that's what the money's for. Um, like That's why you get paid. That's it's the NBA. Walker was, last year, Walker was really impacted, like, it rocked Walker's world last year. Like Mike Con, like when they traded Evelyn last year, Walker was like, you know, the irony is Walker transferred, but um, but that I think last year it really bothered him. This year, I thought he's played brilliantly last year. I mean, he's got some like twenty-two block shots in the last six games or something. I mean, I think he played great, really well. Plus minus both the last two games is great. So I think this is part of his learning and understanding. This is how the league works. Um, you know, I talked to him a little bit in Phoenix about it. And, kind of asked him, like, he kind of knew this, like, you know, like, how much do you read, how much do you know? But it, it was like, yeah, it still sucks. Like, I was like, yeah, 100%. Um, but he had a very – he seemed very kind of understanding where I would say last year, and I hope he doesn't mind this characterization, I, like, I, shell shock would probably be too strong, but, like, he was he was stunned and, like, bothered last year. Um when it all went down. I, I don't think he quite was ready for it. This year, he seemed to be more kind of like, yeah, it's great. Same time with Kelly's awesome. Um, and, you know, the thing I think that's the organization deserves like a whole heck of a lot of credit this year because one of the things that jumped out to me the most early in the season was that I was – I'd go to practice and I'd like look on the floor and be like, okay, who does he spend time with? And I couldn't like put people together at all. Like, and you just didn't, when the year started at all, see guys going out for dinner together. Like I'd look at Colin and be like, yeah, don't see him with anyone. Kalen connection. Nope. Like they just didn't exist. And then Will's done a lot of stuff with show love and, and other things to kind of bring the group together and a lot of team dinners. And, you know, so the irony is the coaching staff, and the organization deserves a huge amount of credit for bringing this group together. And then they make the trades that make, so then the trades more painful than it, than it would have been otherwise. Like you make these trades, like if they made these trades in November or October, I think the group, yeah, okay, whatever, who else who's coming in? Cause they're just, it, what, the group wasn't particularly connected in, in despite the Hawaii trip and trying to get things you know going. And then really will, and his staff did a masterful job of getting them together. So, and now, David, what is it, 28 games, 29 games to, to finish out the season? And Jazz fans, you know, maybe less 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 belief that this team will be a postseason team. So what what is it? What is it that that we need to see the Jazz get out of the final 28 games, in your opinion? 
Okay, so this, I mean, I, I think that might be true. I mean, it's very clear we missed Kelly Olynyk and his facilitating. But I'm gonna kind of go back to like if we'd come out on the break and gone on a road trip and played Charlotte, Washington, and whomever else, we'd think we were great still. Right? Like, if we could go to Milwaukee yeah. and have no Dame Lillard and no Chris Middleton and no Brooke Lopez at Charlotte and then go play the lot. Like, we've played two of the, like, if we play Minnesota or the Clippers, we're going to think we're terrible no matter what. Like, those teams are way better than us. Well, so, the two teams we've played in the last two days are, are really, really good. And and they and they both, you know, they got us pretty good. It was, nine, I mean, it was a nine-point game and we just missed. We blew three straight switches. Like, and... You know, for all the talk of like this, like John Collins and Jordan Clarkson are the ones who blew the first one. Okay, yeah. well, those are two veterans. So, like, you know, we can get into all this, but like, frankly, John Collins got to recognize that Steph Curry's made three more point, three more threes than anybody in the history of the NBA, and, and come up on a switch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not trying to like single out John, but some of this is like some of this is not because of the trades. Like, so. Uh, let me let me kind of give you some of my perspective, and, and you obviously have got a better vision of this because you're there, and you're right by the court, and you can see the hustle, you can see those switches, you know, you see the things that give you indicators that, that the team is locked in, engaged, committed, feeling good about each other, and and so if you want to push back on me, that's that's great, but as I watch this game. It just didn't. It didn't feel like that team that was engaged and locked in and making runs. And I, I'm not saying they beat the elite of the elite, but there were wins against Dallas and Philly and Milwaukee and Denver and the Lakers. In that in that extended run, there were some wins against some teams that now I would look at it and be like, oh, they're they're not going to get that win against Philly even if Embiid isn't on the court, or they're not going to get that win against Milwaukee even if Dame isn't locked in or or Denver they're not going to get that win because it doesn't look like they had the energy they don't they don't look as engaged but again you're there you're by the court and if if you see something different that's why you know that's why it really changes me and my perspective and and I know you're only taking Ochai and Olenek and Fontegio off the court but it just feels like everybody's feeling it and it feels like the chemistry is different and it feels like the the five that started on the court are are a little bit lost because i'm not a big believer in golden state uh i think golden state when they're connected it's pretty good and they're pretty connected right now um all right so there's a lot there there's a lot there so let's go with um if I was nitpicking, just to nitpick, I would quibble with you on whether we – I think we'd still beat Milwaukee without three starters, and I think we'd still beat Philly without Embiid. However, the premise, which is that when we inserted Colin Sexton and Simone Fontecchio, or they inserted Colin Sexton and Simone Fontecchio on December 13th into the starting lineup, and shortly thereafter, Chris Dunn, like opposing coaches have said it, their play-hard guys are now in the starting lineup. They're playing their play-hard guys. They're tough guys. So yep. 100%, we lost one of our play-hard guys in Simone Fontecchio, who's tough, really tough. And Chris, last night we put Keontae in the starting lineup, and I think that they did not play hard enough last night. Their transition defense was not very good. Um, they didn't get back the way they needed to. I didn't think that the – I thought um, – I actually thought when they came out early, I thought their cuts were really, really sharp offensively. And there's a lot of really, really good offensive actions 
um, early in the game. So, you know, it's one of those things you can be a little bit of a revisionist history when suddenly the game doesn't turn out well. But I actually thought early on, I actually thought they had, they really did a pretty nice job of playing with a lot of juice and a lot of energy early in the game. Um, and then, you know, as it, as it went on, I, I sometimes think when you're not as good as the other team, you can get worn down and you don't feel like you're, you know, it doesn't look like you're playing as hard when the truth is just the other team's better than you, right? They're physically like more imposing than you are. And so it wears you down a little bit. I do think that's a distinct possibility in some of these games, some of these matchups. Um, with that said, I, I kind of agree. Like I said, I think I locked on jazz today. Like, like, okay, well, like Keontae's going to start. And I think that's the right move is he's gotten a lot better recently. Like, okay, but it's not play hard. So yeah, I think there's like the play hard group has been broken up a little bit. Um, and they have to get back to playing hard. I do think that, you know, you look like you play harder when you play Charlotte and Washington than when you're playing teams that are better than you. <laughs> David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Jazz joining us. Uh, let's go back to the Oreo cookie analogy. Uh, 28 games, you got to imagine Keontae George will probably be the starter the rest of the way, and we're not looking at this year. We're looking at, you know, next year, two years, three years from now with his development and putting him in the starting lineup. Uh, is that about the right amount of milk to dunk that rookie into at this point of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think we might have got a real blessing on when he got hurt on, like, the 13th of December. That's when we made some lineup changes. I, I think we might have gotten a real gift there because he really was struggling at that point. And he was in the starting lineup a little bit kind of the way almost that Dante Exum was in the starting lineup many years back, which was you're not Trey Burke, and so you start. And... um. <laughs> And they and Dante was I mean and and Keontae at that point ranked 99 out of 100 players in efficiency on pick and roll, ranked 99 out of 100. Okay. Since then, December 26, when he comes back, he ranks 17th out of 100. And there's been some tough stretches in there. It isn't like he's been all perfect. Like he had a five or six game stretch where he shot like 22%. So to me, what I'm seeing is, yeah, this is absolutely the right time to go back to you as a starter and see how you deal with playing number one guys again. So that when you go to the offseason, you've really got an understanding of what it's going to take. There could be some tough, ugly nights, but I think he's gained enough, had enough good nights that he has some confidence to kind of understand and his shot looks better, you know, what he can do. So, yes, I think this has turned out to be the next. And, frankly, for Taylor Hendricks, I think this is probably the right time also. In And it could be really ugly at times. But, uh, I mean, I thought, like, I thought Will Hardy kind of said it either in – the post-game press conference last night or the after-press conference, practice-press conference this week, where he basically said, like, yeah, like, I don't expect Taylor to be able to guard. I think it was last night because it was like, I don't expect him to be able to guard everyone. He's got he's to play hard. He's got to run. He's got to do, like, these, like, let's do the basics. Like, that's what we want out of you the next 30 games is those things. So to hand this point, yeah, 100%. Well, David, we got uh, Bob Nightingale. He's going to talk a little Major League Baseball in Salt Lake coming up next. So we're going to cut you loose, man. We appreciate it. I think Thanks Bob for Nightingale. Used, I think Bob Nightingale used to come on Locked On Sports. Oh yeah. 
Like I, I'm convinced that Bob Nightingale was like a guest on my show on this various radio stations in Salt Lake City, like on Championship Jazz Talk. Nice. Well, we'll play a little Spin Doctors coming up just to uh, there you go. Throwback. Love it. Appreciate right, it, man. Thank Thanks you guys. For your Appreciate time. you. Thanks, David. Bye. There he is, David Locke, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, live here at RGS Exteriors. Ross hanging out with us again. And uh, tell you what, there's so many great things and so many great opportunities and so many different variations. Whatever, you know, look, you may go to a home and somebody says, I want this color and this color. I want the brick painted this. And you're like, I don't know if that's the right thing. But you know what? You want it? We'll do it. And that's the thing. You can you can pretty much make anything work. Hey, we'll show you what it's going to look like. You know, that's the, that's the thing is. Is your style is your style at your home, and you get to choose what you want to do on there. Sure, we have suggestions, and and we can show you examples of exactly what we've done on other people's homes with the same style or, um, you know, same type of home that you have. But it's your home. Ultimately, you get to make that decision. But the great thing is it's not a guessing game. Really, the renderings that we can do uh, for you to show you what it's going to look like exactly on your home, uh, are, they are really good. Do most people come in with the exact idea? Do most people come in, oh, we want this? Or do most people come in and say, all right, Ross or Greg or whoever, show me, you know, what these will look like? I would say it's probably about half and half. A lot of people are very, they've already done the research on, they've already seen the homes that they like. They have pictures of the home or they want to drive you to the home or say the home up here. And so they have an idea, you know, and that gives, that's great. When people come in with a, with a, a solid plan in mind, it makes it easy. You know, let's show you exactly how it's going to look on your home. And if they're all for it, then we can move forward. A lot of people don't know for sure. You know, and that's where it's fun. It's a fun process. You know, we can certainly show you what we think, but ultimately it's going to be up to the homeowner to decide. Well, it all starts with that conversation, that initial bid. That costs you nothing to have somebody come out. They can do the renderings. They can go through all that entire process and really get you a good vibe and handle the financing. And so you know exactly what you're looking at right from the start. That's it. That's right. You know, there's no obligation. You know, it truly is a free estimate. You know, we, we believe in, in, in not high-pressure sales. Our guys are going to go out there, and they're just going to be straightforward. Uh, they're going to lay it all out there, lay out, you know, what we do and why we do what we do and how much it's going to cost you for it. 801-280-3110. Call that number right now, 801-280-3110. Bob Nightingale joins us next right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. I was just telling Jake when I got on that you guys are usually in a better mood towards the end of the show, you know. And <laughs> I remember when I was a younger coach doing the early morning parts. You guys a little bit more ornery, especially PK, you know. So I'm, I'm glad to be on the prime spot with you guys, and I'm going to enjoy this interview. Oh, he's giving me up. I've already enjoyed the interview. I think Kalani's work here is done. I just mentioned that earlier this week, and PK lost his mind. I am not. But that was back then. The point I'm making is I can be just as crotchety now. No, I think you're in a bad mood now because it's not golf weather right now. But if, <laughs> as soon as the weather picks up and moves on, we can open the golf courses. We will get PK at his best. This guy knows me. He's, he's dropping truth bombs left and right here. This is Kalani's psychological profile of PK. Spot on. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. No sleep till.
Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Anticipate chatting with Bob Nightingale here in a moment. But before we do that, let's give away some jazz tickets. It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win jazz tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bag. Caller number 12, 801-575-ZONE. You win a pair of tickets. See the Jazz and the Lakers at Delta Center coming up on February 14th. So call now for your chance to win if you don't, well, listen at 3.30, 4.30, and 5.30 for additional opportunities for you to win on a win ticket Tuesday uh, right here on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Hands, uh, Bob Nightingale is going to join us. A uh, couple of big topics, obviously. Is Salt Lake in the running for an expansion team? If so, when will expansion happen? And is there any update on the A's? And, uh, in fact, Bob Nightingale, kind enough to join us right now as we got a bunch of things to talk about. Of course, uh, Major League Baseball columnist for USA Today and one of the best when it comes to his coverage of Major League Baseball. Bob, thanks for making a few, uh, uh, taking a few uh, moments for us today. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, so let's uh, let's everybody here on Sol- in Salt Lake City is uh, on pins and needles waiting for any kind of news on expansion. Let's start with that. Uh, there were some comments that you made prior that you feel like Nashville and Salt Lake City may be the leaders right now. Is that is that accurate? Do you feel like Salt Lake is a, has a decent shot at this? Yeah, baseball, talking to baseball uh, officials, they want, you know, one team east, one team west. And, uh, you know, I asked them who the leaders in the clubhouse are. You know, it's always been Nashville. But, they, uh, yeah, Salt Lake, just with the uh, – the funding and you know, the ownership group and everything else, uh, you know, they they like what they see a lot from uh, Salt Lake officials. And uh, so, you know, right now, I, I I think they're in a a great position, you know, to get that team whenever expansion comes. Hey Bob, what was the Vegas mayor trying to do with her discouraging words about maybe the A's should find a way to stay in Oakland and? And is she trying to call their bluff, or is she trying to push them for a more severe commitment? What What is she trying to angle with there? I'm not sure. Has any kind of way? Then she kind of backed off that. I don't know what her uh, original intent was. You know, maybe she got you know, uh, you know, a little fear because the teachers union was threatening a lawsuit and stuff like that, saying, "Hey, instead of putting three hundred million dollars into a stadium, you know, we should be giving that to uh, the school system." So, yeah, it was very strange. So, I mean, Vegas, you know, still looks like, you know, they, uh, they'll have a team. And, and baseball really wants that. Uh, you, know, you know, you can say, okay, if Vegas doesn't work work out, move that team to Salt Lake. But, you know, they, they want Salt Lake as an expansion franchise, just like Nashville, because, you know, expansion fees are about, you know, $2.1, $2.2 billion. And with, with Oakland moving to Vegas – there's no there's no expansion fee there. So, you know, baseball doesn't want to lose that kind of money by handing over a Nashville or Salt Lake and, and allowing uh, the A's to move there. So back to expansion, when do you feel like is a realistic timeline? And, and again, I'm asking you to speculate here, but I do know that you are connected. What do you think the timeline would be for an, a, an expansion team, uh, let's just say Nashville and Salt Lake? 
it's going to be a while. I mean, you know, after all the talk in Tampa, they still don't have a, uh, a deal done with that. I know they were optimistic and everything else. Uh, you know, obviously Oakland, you know, they're praying that they can move there in 2028. Tampa, they were hoping the same thing, new ballpark. But, you know, they haven't broken ground on, on either place yet. So I thought it was going to be 2029. I wouldn't be surprised if they push it back to uh, 2030. I mean, obviously you name, uh, name the teams ahead of time. It's going to take, you know, a good three years to build a stadium. So I think they, you know, as Rob Manford says, he'd definitely like to have plans in place before uh, in the next five years. And then, you, got, you know, you have minor league teams for a couple of years you know, building a, a farm system, that sort of thing. But I think, you know, realistically, you know, it'd probably be 2030 before a, a first pitch would be thrown in Major League Ballpark. And it, it really just feels like before all of that gets committed to and finalized, that this A situation has to square away. Some of the comments that you made made me feel like maybe you feel like the Oakland, the uh, the A's aren't going to be landing in Vegas. Are, are you – like, how settled are you on it not happening or it, it actually happening? I mean, I still think it happens. They got the $308 million, uh, you know, approval. Uh, I don't think that's going to go away. And I, I think they'll still, you know, going to do it. I mean, now there's talk about, well, you're sure you want to build by Tropicana uh, in resort. It's only a, a, a nine, uh, uh, you know, acre uh, site type thing. So, I mean, I, I'm sorry, 9,000 in the uh, – it's just, you know, is that going to be big enough? Uh, I know San Francisco is a small parcel of land, so is Minneapolis. But, they, uh, you know, to cram that in there, I'm not sure. But, you know, I mean, obviously people in Vegas are counting on it because in Tropicana, uh, I think it's, you're not allowed to stay there until after April 2nd. I think they shut that thing down. So they're planning to demolish the place and, uh, and have the A's there. So I think it's, you know, more cumbersome than they thought. They still have not seen renderings of the new ballpark. So people are scrambling a little bit. But I know, you know, baseball is really committed, you know, getting a team in Vegas just to get out of Oakland. I mean, it could be going anywhere, but just to get out of Oakland. Well, speaking of getting out of Oakland, the Miller Group here that uh, wants that expansion team is also dead set on bringing the A's here in a temporary basis uh, for the three years that it takes to build that stadium. Uh, I know that they there's a lot of people in that organization feel that the bid that they've made and the proposal they made is uh, is a is a very good one for Oakland. But also you got to look at the TV money from Comcast that Oakland might be leaving on the table by leaving California. Now they've got to get out of Oakland probably, but Sacramento's on the table as well. Uh, does Salt Lake have a chance to to host the A's for a few years? I, I think it'd be a, a long shot uh, just because like, just like you said. With the uh, with the TV, I think they get something like sixty six million dollars a year for uh, you know uh, up in uh, Oakland because uh, the Bay Area is still a large market. Then they drop down to a smaller market like Salt Lake, you know, and they're not going to see that kind of money. So I think they still want to stay in the area. My uh, my prediction is that they uh, they play games sharing with the Giants at Oracle Park and also Sacramento kind of, you know, going back and forth between those two places, uh, you know, to make it give me enough for the players and stuff and their families, at least you're in the, in, in the Bay Area. Uh, yeah, I just, I just don't know about Salt Lake with, with, the, with the TV thing and everything else. So it, it pretty much just comes down to the money on that one with the TV money, and that's probably why they find a way to make it work there for a few years. 
Yeah, you know, and you know, I think they'd like it too. Where uh, you know, people from Vegas and stuff can go there and you know, say this is this can be our team in a few years. They start spending some money on the team, not a lot, but at least a lot more than they have in the past. So you know, you put a team in Salt Lake, you know, kind of whets people's appetite for Major League Baseball, but it's not like it's going to be their team. You know, it's it's, it's somebody else's. So I, that's why I think they prefer to stay in the in the Bay Area, uh, particularly with the with the TV markets and everything else. And I, and I think uh, MLB can force the Giants to share their facility with them, which is a first-class facility and, be, you know, pretty easy. I don't, I don't think they can uh, play any one-home games there, but they can certainly play a, a decent amount of games there and then go, go up to Sacramento. And Bob, one of my biggest worries about Salt Lake City bringing the majors to Utah, which I want it, and I'm all about it and excited for it. But one of my biggest worries is the spending and the cap situation in Major League Baseball. Could you see one of these upstart, one of these expansion teams inside of a five-year period with the way Major League Baseball is structured cap-wise? Could you see them actually be a competitive team? Maybe give it even 10 years. I don't know. Maybe it's existence with the amount of money it takes now to build a roster. Well, it's going to have to be, uh, you know, owners deep deep pockets. I mean, it it happens. Uh, You know, in Arizona, for instance, they got that team with Tampa in 1998. They were in the playoffs in uh, one year and won the World Series, you know, three years later. But they spent. I mean, they were uh, top five in spending. Obviously, money is, uh, you know, a, a lot different now. But I think, you know, you get the right people in place, you know, uh, you know, get that farm system going so you can, you know, get some homegrown players. So, I mean, certainly baseball wants that too. I mean, nobody wants to start a team and, okay, you're going to have 10 years of losing. So, I, I, w- I would think, you know, uh, both expansion cities, you know, they're hoping that, okay, we can get, we can get teams to get things rolling here. We're going to get a possible playoff berth in five years. And kids are going to, you know, they're going to realign and and everything else. There might not even be a, a National League, American League, a, a, as we know it. And when they go to 32 teams, they're going to expand by two more playoff teams. So, you know, make it a little easier to get into the postseason. So pardon our ignorance when I ask this question because you're talking to a couple football guys and, and we're excited if baseball gets here to, to break down baseball and get to know the sport a little bit better. But – is there a concern around Major League Baseball? Obviously, owners want that expansion fee, and they want to boost those numbers to put line their pockets a little bit. But is there a concern about diluting talent across the board if there's 32 teams, or is that not a concern at all? Let's just go get the money, and, and it'll still stay a competitive sport. Well, there's certainly yeah, there, no, there's concern among baseball people, not among owners, because like you said, you're yeah. lining you know, you know, people's pockets up with a uh, – you're talking about you know at least four billion divided up among the uh, the, the thirty teams there, uh, but yeah, I mean already you got baseball people complaining about you know diluted talent. I mean look how how few starting pitchers there are. You know that uh, you know there are true aces. Uh, you know people spend money wildly just to get starting pitching. So no, there, there's definitely that talk. But you know probably when you look back in time, probably every time we've had expansion. The same talk has been there. Like, okay, how are you going to, how are you going to fill, you know, 50, 52 jobs, you know, without that diluting talent? But yeah, baseball people, they agree with you. It's like, oh man, uh, you know, the caliber of play could be a little sloppy here. 
Well, Bob, we appreciate it. Thanks for your time, and uh, we look forward to future conversations, hopefully about more baseball and more news about it coming to Salt Lake City. All right, my pleasure. Great talking to you guys. There you go, Bob Nightingale, USA Today, right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Hmm. Um, all right, That's so, a little disappointing. So, as I mentioned, some good news, some bad news, and, and Bob's, Bob's well-connected. Uh, feels like Salt Lake for an expansion team is right there with Nashville. And uh, we, we've heard that all along, that Nashville will be your Eastern team, and Salt Lake is, has a great shot at being your Western team. Um, now... The timeline may not be as soon as people would like. Uh, could be 2029, 2030, but you'd have an answer on that uh, at least probably three years prior. So you're looking at about 2026 as uh, you know, kind of the timeline in which you'd find out if you got that expansion team. And then you take it a step further. The A's, he does. He thinks it's a long shot for the A's to come to Salt Lake City. Thought that uh, they might be staying in the Bay Area, and it all comes down to that Comcast money. Because I've heard the number closer to seventy million. That's a heartbreaker. And uh, that that might go away if they come to Salt Lake. But I do also know that uh, there are those in the Miller organization that feel like there's a lot of proposals out there that feel like they can make up that difference. Okay, but there is another part of that conversation that does really interest me in regards to the A's and that TV contract. And what their future might look like. Number one, he said, I don't think the A's are given to Salt Lake if things turn sideways with Vegas because they want Salt Lake as an expansion. They want that $2 billion infusion of cash into the other 30 teams that currently exist. So he he's saying Salt Lake is an expansion area. It is not a destination for the A's. That kind of bums me out. But he also talked about how they're bringing down the Tropicana and they have not broke ground. Well, the original conversation with the A's coming to Salt Lake City was they would be here till 2028 and Vegas would have that stadium done. He said they haven't even shown them renderings. No, nope. They don't even have drawings. Yeah. So if we're talking about bringing about down the Tropicana and getting a stadium in there, the A's might have to start looking at this thing like, wait a second. What is the time we're looking at? Are we? Is it really 2028? Because we got a mayor that's stomping her feet, saying maybe you, fi- you should find a way to stay in Oakland if this is how you want to do business. How how much are we wanted there? And we don't want to beg. We're Major League Baseball. We don't want to beg. Yeah. We don't want to beg you to get a stadium for us and beg you to please let us come play there. We'll go find a different footprint if we got to find it. And look, if we, if we do have to make inroads here in Oakland, maybe we got to do that. But the, it might be more than 2028. Yeah. That's why I'm saying I'm hoping Salt Lake City can stay engaged with the A's because there's a chance that. Well, and if you're the Giants and you're being forced to be sharing your facilities with the A's for four years, no three or way. four years. That's not going to go over no well. No way. When you have a new, albeit smaller, state-of-the-art stadium being nope. built in daybreak no. that's, that, that can handle all your amenities, everything you possibly need right there, instead of like, oh, we're playing half our games in Sacramento. Oh, we're coming back to the Giants. Oh, we're playing at Oracle. You know, And it's just like, that's not good for – I mean, it might be good for one year, but three or four years? No, wait. The, the Players Association isn't going to go for that. No, you could lay down um, some – real roots 
in a town that would love you, embrace you, advertise you. Yeah. They would do everything to keep you happy. And, you know, I know it might be a $70 million shortfall, but fine. You could find $70 million in this community. If you've got to make up ground and find money, enough big money people want Major League Baseball here that they'll do what it takes to get it here. Yeah. All right, Hans and Scotty, we'll wrap up this bad boy next. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present? This is JJ and Alex. We might have NHL hockey. I'm going to be saying A. In Delta Center for the 24-25 season. Look at you. For next season. Yeah, they got to play somewhere. and It's not going to be back at Arizona State. NHL hockey actually being played in Utah before a temporary home for the A's maybe gets filled by a local group here. That's how quickly this could happen. Now, I might be getting up, I might be getting over my skis here, but I am a boat this close to saying a boat the rest of my life. You've already, you've already changed how I you're am, talking here. If you need an on ice You've analyst, already changed your, your, your derelict. I know how to do the dialect. I played street hockey when it got popular there for a minute in the early 90s. Oh, yeah, you... I've seen Strange Brew 38 times, eh? Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Standing here beside you, want so much to give you this love in my heart. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, wrapping up another edition of the show. Hans, John Wilner, the hammer, with a little bit of breaking news. The Pac-12 has formally begun the process of separating from Commissioner George Klyovkov. Oh. It's also, by the way, breaking news, George Klyovkov was still employed by the Pac-12. I didn't know that. <laughs> he was still collecting a paycheck? Earlier. They'd still get pack cash and checks. Here's the statement from the conference office. The Pac-12 conference board has given the departing 10 schools notice of a proposed leadership transition with an invitation to provide comment. We expect to provide more information following a decision in the coming days. They call him the unsinkable Molly Klyovkov. (laughs) I think that was more for Larry Scott because he was pretty unsinkable. (laughs) Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't shake larry scott and then you couldn't shake the stink that he left on the conference but george kleovkov hanging on like we can still do it with these two yes how can i get my hands on that treasure chest of money apple's given us two million dollars per year for each school (laughs) they are gonna I, i hope someday we get a movie oh yeah no this could be a great docu drama whatever you call those movies it could the fall of the pack 12 like the last dance or you yeah know, like, yeah and i'm talking about the ones that put in actual time and have great interviews and i want to see how this all came undone years and years and years of a conference that withstood the test of time and it took Two bad commissioners. Two bad commissioners. And some bad school presidents. They they have some dirt on them. No question. And those school presidents, to be caught, 
not aware is what is really shameful. Yeah. Nobody, you're telling me nobody outside of USC and UCLA, the guys that were signing that certificate, that nobody else knew. Remember the day that came down, Scotty, I said, there is not a chance that the other presidents and ADs didn't have some idea that this was coming. And then we talked with a couple of them. Yeah. Mark Harlan said he got blindsided. And they all, the two that we talked with were like, didn't see it coming. I will never talk to USC again. And yeah, it's, it was it was a shock how yep. this all came down. I'd love a good documentary, and then have it close with this final chapter of George Klyavkov. Yep. <laughs> all right, Ross is with us one last time. Ross, you had the uh, we thought we'd get you for one. We got you for all six hits today, man. You know. It's good to play pinch hitter once in a while. Yeah. Tim actually texted us. He said Ross wanted to do it. So there you go. That's great. There you go. <laughs> dream come true. A dream come true for Ross. Here's yeah. the deal. I know what you love to do. You love to rebuild exteriors. You love to get people's gutters taken care of. You love to problem solve. You like being in the field. And that's really what we're doing today. We just want people to jump online or to call the phone number. If you've thought about remodeling the exterior of your home, this is how you start. It starts with a phone call to Ross and his crew here at RGS. That's right. Um, Like we've talked about the whole time uh, here, it's free estimates. And right now my sales guys aren't super busy. Um, Like I said, we're coming out of the slowest time of the year. Things are going to start to ramp up here in the next month. But call now. We'll get out there within a few days to give you the free estimate, and then uh, we can go from there. And it all starts with that phone call, that free estimate, and there's great financing options. There's so many great opportunities for you to get involved and get your home redone where you can hold on to your home. You probably have a bunch of equity. You don't have to move or build a new house and lose that 3% or 2.8% interest rate you have and make your current home your dream home, whether it's a major project or just a little fine-tuning. You guys can do it. That's right. You know, walk around walk around your home, see if there's anything that could use a little uh, upkeep, uh, a little bit of uh, facelift, and give us a call. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. Let's get you squared away. If it's the outside of your home, guess what? RGS Exteriors can do it for you. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. No Thanks, problem. Ross. Thank you, guys. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.